0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host back down in the basement. Another week has passed. We watched a whole bunch more wrestling. I've got my co host and teenage son, Jack, with me. Say hello. Hi. Hi. Drinking your hot chocolate seems to be your new routine. Yeah, I for-
1: until I got my Mr. juice.
0: Oh right, there is mm-hmm. Booster Juice apparently on its way. Your mother's out at a bank appointment. Ah. Fun suck stuff. To suck to She texted me to say it's gonna take forever because there's only like one manager in the place and she keeps <laughs> having to leave to go deal with other stuff. So she's oh, nice. she might be a while, but anyways. You
1: know, eighty one is one more than eighty, not a lot of people know that.
0: That is a fact. I mean I I'm not I haven't fact checked it, but I'm fairly confident mm-hmm. that the math yeah. checks out on yeah. that one. Yeah. Thanks. So another week has passed. I'm feeling a little bit better. Still not super mobile, but... Oh,
1: right. I, yeah, that, that's still
0: a, a thing. thing. <laughs> the pain has sort of leveled out and it's just at a constant level throughout the day instead of spiking up and down. So I guess that's an improvement. I can at least comfortably sit still and chat for a couple hours about the week that was in wrestling. You had another lazy week because still exams, which have been canceled where we live, so you... We're still home, just kind of hanging out, doing doing your thing. Oh, yeah, you went back for one day where you had, like, it's weird because you, long story short, there was this day, even though report card marks are in, everything's done, they still had this one dangling regular, quote unquote, school day, right? So you had to go in, but almost nobody was there, right, you were saying?
1: Yeah, it it was weird.
0: So, uh, anything else you wanted to chat about? What's new in your life this week? Even um, though you barely left the house, I'm
1: almost done the X Men timeline. I I've been slacking. I haven't watched X Men movie since Tuesday. How dare you? Um, I have to watch. I still have to watch the Wolverine.
0: You say you like Marvel, Logan, but I don't see it. <laughs> and I think
1: both Deadpool movies, and then nice. also New Mutants, which I haven't really heard of
0: and we've been uh watching boba every week oh oh my god quite, it was so good quite enjoying it right can i
1: can i can we put a spoiler warning for star wars people um i would like to touch on it quick
0: uh okay go ahead okay. if you're worried spoiler about
1: warning for people right go for ahead book of boba fett but yeah it was really good um because i i mean i heard a bunch of stuff about like luke and grogu being in it, and they yep. were in it um they apparently they hired some i think it's the aging guy, or whatever, like a different guy from Mandalorian, so that's why Luke looked like a lot better. I think, like, he looked like pretty much like well, normal if you Marvel. didn't know, you
0: wouldn't know, I think, right? Like, exactly, yeah, I would say. Um,
1: but I thought that was really good, and then I did not expect Cad Bane at all. I, I, yeah, freaking, that was a cool, was, cool touch, so cool. yeah. Um, I don't know, you, I don't know, have you watched uh Clone Wars because, dude, that guy is,
0: uh, I've only seen bits and pieces when you were watching it, sort of thing.
1: Oh my god. Yeah, if you watch Clone Wars, you'd know. If you knew, you'd know. He does look
0: a bit cartoony, but what can you do? He
1: looks like a little, like, paler and puffier, but but I did watch a video where it's, like, he's, like, 71, which is, like, super old for his peeps. Species, yeah. Yeah, uh, once you get past your 69th birthday, you're considered elderly, so. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Nice. But, Uh, yeah, so that was, was it was definitely the best one yet, and also we discovered Cobb Vance is Danny Cordray
0: that is correct yeah from same guy from the office which yeah as we were
1: watching you were like you uh I don't, why did you look who, up who it was i can't remember you were like you wanted to look up who it was or because i was, was, was pretty sure it was the right, same you and before like i told confident. you i wanted to make sure it was right. i was correct yeah and it was the same guy i was just like i and now i see it and i'm just like how did i not notice that
0: well because um the the co-host of the other podcast i'm doing made reference to a movie which I guess I can say at this point. So if you'd like to hear me talk about other things other than wrestling, I'm doing a, a podcast with a new friend I've sort of made. I um, actually started talking to him on just through the comments in YouTube because he has a audio review channel. So I was getting some advice starting this podcast, and he kind of put out an idea, wanted to start a new podcast, was looking for ideas, and I sort of half-jokingly pitched, well, what if a Canadian and an American just sort of sat down and, Formed a friendship over talking through a podcast. So, if anyone's interested, it's called An American and a Canadian Walked Into a Podcast. And we just, I think we recorded our fourth episode last night that should be up and published in a day or two, I guess. So you're so, a
1: podcast tycoon.
0: No, it's just, it's really fun. I'm just making a new <laughs> friend. We basically just kind of text a little bit throughout the week and then we sit down and without too right, much of a plan, on there. just talk and right. get to know each other. Right. So, Started out kind of political comparing the two countries, but we've talked about music and movies. And, and milk bags. All kinds. of Milk bags, yes. That made his life last night. The fact that Canadians <laughs> buy milk in bags. So I actually had to text your mother to bring down a bag because we were doing it over video chat basically right right? so he was just thought that was hilarious that we have milk in bags and that then you need to buy a separate like pitcher for to hold the milk bags (laughs) so anyways but yeah if you'd like to check that out we'd appreciate it there was one episode that sounds terrible because it was my fault i thought i was using my microphone but somehow it had just been my laptop microphone bypassed, Ooh. it, so it sounds awful. I was yeah, embarrassed. That's, that's I felt not good. I felt really bad for Bark because he had to try and fix it up as best he could. But we figured things out since then. So, love if you go check that out. But anyways, anything else you wanted to talk talk about in this banter um, segment? Or you bantered no. out.
1: Yeah, I, I, if anything came to mind, then I probably would have said it.
0: The only other thing I can think of was we did put out a uh, Royal Rumble review. Oh, did. We episode on I don't know that was Sunday, Monday, one of those days. It's I, there.
1: I want to it was. I want to say it was Monday.
0: Wherever you're listening to this, you can find that. Um, yep i had a i probably had a better time talking about it than watching it if i'm being honest but mm-hmm. yeah. i mean we love the opening match and then it sort of dropped off significantly from there they right
1: literally peaked as early as they possibly could have
0: right and if you'd like to contact us fns wrestling at gmail.com fns underscore wrestling underscore podcast on instagram but i say we flip the switch and start talking about some wrestling right about now so let's do that with yeah. some news and rumors Now, you said you've got quite a bit of news this week, yeah? I
1: do, indeed. Um, some things are related, and I also have a lot to say about certain things. I
0: bet you do, but I'll still start out with the ratings, um, which Tuesday's live edition of NXT 2.0 drew 619,000 viewers, which is... Six million viewers, you meant, No, right? not quite. <laughs> uh, 619,000, up 4.38%, earned a in the 18-49 to 49 demographic, which is down 7.14%. So, it seems to be like these are kind of the normal numbers, give or take a little bit, right? Since they've started in the 2.0 era. So, it seems like this is where they've sort of settled in. And so, I'm pretty sure that I heard. um, So, you remember back when NXT was trying to compete head-to-head with Dynamite and got crushed pretty badly? Yep. So, now, apparently. And that that was
1: good NXT to think.
0: It was. From what I saw, um, Rampage is actually getting higher ratings than NXT 2.0. Of course it is. So, Uh, That's kind of interesting. And they're in a
1: pretty bad time slot.
0: Right. Um, So Wednesday's Live Dynamite drew 954,000 viewers down 13.27%, earned a 0.35 in the key demo, which is down 14.63. So this is the lowest viewership and lowest key demo rating of the year so far. Not that, I mean, we're not very (laughs) far into it, obviously. Um, But the lowest since the December 15th winter is coming. So I would imagine AEW is going to be a little surprised (laughs) by that because this was the payoff right to the extensive build for mjf punk which i think they thought would probably draw
1: i think it should have too
0: and not that it's like terrible numbers they're still right around a million viewers but i i would imagine they would hope it no, would have been over i, I that. would
1: probably expect that too
0: because that's like a pay-per-view quality main event that no, they've been sure. investing a ton of time for weeks right yeah
1: they could totally stick down on pay-per-view if they wanted to right. i mean they, they would have to wait longer but they could have
0: right so what do you have for us
1: So they have so obviously Elimination Chamber is going to be in Saudi Arabia. Thankfully, not WrestleMania Chamber. So there's that. Right. Um. So there they did announce that Lashley would defend the WWE title in a Chamber match. Of course. Mm -hmm. And qualifiers and other methods were used to find participants. Um. So he'll be defending against AJ Styles, Austin Theory, Matt Riddle, and Seth Rollins. And yes, this is Seth Rollins' consolation prize for that epic opener.
0: Gee, I wonder who's gonna win.
1: Right. And then. (laughs) because they have to make everything suck um brock lesnar's also in there
0: yeah that's right that's Even what i mean I, I wonder who's gonna win he
1: chose to face roman reigns for the other world title he's getting a spot in a world title match for the other world we got title a uni- that he just lost we
0: got a unification match coming up You think? yes
1: that is my next one is Go roman ahead. reigns versus brock lesnar is set for the mania main event slot presumably i doubt women's is going main event again or at least Night two main event, I presume, because that's the main main event.
0: So, do you think they're gonna unify them, or just have one guy have both of them right. for a while and, and then separate? so, them?
1: The, yeah, that's my other thing is the plan is for it to be title for, title for title, right? Which, personally, I because if if they go through with this, right, I see it. Reigns has to win that, right? I so, would think so, right? But I also think they don't want the WWE title. To lose if it's a unification match. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, if Reigns wins, why would the w title be active? You know what I mean?
0: Right. And I don't know. Does each show need like its own title? title? Is each network that's paying money expect they maybe have their they own title? Maybe they double
1: title for a bit, like right. Becky Lynch, that's what I'm but then they end up unifying it anyways. Um, or not unifying. And finding say, a way they to be- split them. Right. They better smarten up and change plans. They don't really need to do a title unification match or anything, especially not then. I think the W title should come out on top. I also think if they go with this, like I said, they would want Reigns to win. I think Reigns should win. And that brings me to another thing. I think that WrestleMania this year is a perfect time for Reigns to lose his title, which is why I think.
0: To who? I don't know. Just
1: <laughs> like Rollins, they could still do that. Know. There's I still don't. a chance. And if they're so dead set on this unification match, I'm saying Rollins wins the chamber match because Lesnar's going to Mania either way. Right. And then they set up this like kind of rumored triple threat match. And then like it'll, if Lesnar wins the Elimination Chamber, it will essentially mean he only dropped the title so he could win the Rumble before getting the title back. Right. And Lashley will look even worse as a cha- transitional champion from Lesnar to Lesnar. Also, you mentioned he, Lesnar's ended every black WWE champion. So yeah. that's kind of fun. I think Rollins should win at Elimination Chamber against the WWE title win that they planned on day one. Keep in mind, Rollins should have won the title a month ago. And if they still want to do a title unification match, throw Rollins in, because what, what's another Raw or what's another Reigns-Lesnar match? Honestly, Rollins would totally freshen up, even even if he doesn't win, because I don't, I, I see it being very unlikely that Rollins wins in that three way, but just for the sake of the match itself, that makes the match way more interesting.
0: Yeah, but, uh, but you see, the difference is you care, and they don't. Right, yeah. <laughs> so you're a lot of thought because into that. Because then if Reigns loses,
1: we have a better option than Lesnar. At least freshens up the match, but why would they do that? Because that seems actually appealing.
0: And how sad is it that, like, Biggie's not even in this conversation, right? They mm-hmm. have completely... They totally screwed Big E. Um, de-elevated, whatever the opposite of I elevated him. I could totally him. Be
1: booking this better than they are.
0: Poor Big E, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on, but um, it, it just seems like they feel they really only have... Like two and a half stars. Like they have Brock, they have Roman Reigns, and then maybe Kinda they consider Lashley, Lashley half a, a star, right. and then everybody else. And they certainly made no effort in the Royal Rumble to make anybody look good or build any no, sort of new no star. One looked good cause like... Other than Bad Bunny, maybe he's, I guess <laughs> and, he's and now Shane? on the official roster page, right? Oh my God, that's gross. But uh, yeah, so I, I don't know what they're doing, and I have very little faith that any of it will be of interest to me or of consequence, but I guess we'll find out some more good news for you right is that goldberg is reportedly returning to the ring this month obviously because again they don't have the ability to build any stars so they have to constantly reach into the past for what yeah. they think is a star. i will
1: kind of piggyback off of you McIntyre versus madcap moss and reigns versus goldberg will be have been added to elimination chamber
0: right so. yeah he yeah that's what it said he was set to um Return to storylines and wrestling in at the Elimination Chamber, right? According to Fightful, anyways. Um, so I don't know. We'll see where that goes. What else do you have? I don't need to see Goldberg ever again in a match at this point, but I'm not surprised by the announcement at all.
1: Okay, so think about how kind boring Reigns versus Biggie was at Survivor Series, right? And Biggie's good. Yep. Think about Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. Yeah, it's not in gonna Saudi be Arabia.
0: It's got to be like no more than eight minutes. I would say it, five would be nice. That's gonna
1: be like the match to suck of all matches like it's just gonna be so bad but
0: their hope is people in saudi arabia recognize him and that's <laughs> all they care about um
1: and so i thought i was saying that nick Khan suggested they may possibly up the number of events in saudi arabia yes i hate that they put elimination chamber in saudi Arabia because it? it makes me want to watch at least a bit of the show because chamber matches are cool
0: i think they said they make like 50 million dollars per Jesus. event right yes. um as it will come up in our review a little bit later today, Blair Davenport unfortunately suffered a pretty bad-looking injury oh. uh, during her NXT Women's Championship I still match. I don't think it was
1: as bad as Phoenix, but it was still no. not good. And
0: it wasn't quite Sid either, but it was a similar idea. She basically was a double stomp from the top rope to uh, Mako Satomura, who was kind of lying on the apron. And then as she, after she made contact, she obviously landed on the floor, and her ankle just gave way completely. It was really tough to listen to her screaming, right? Because you could tell that was not her pretending to be injured right. and selling. That was somebody in an immense amount of pain. And even Mako looked a little bit sort of off, kind of worrying about it. So she was stretchered off. It's unfortunate. But uh, so that'll come up again when we review the show. But I hope she uh, heals quickly and comes back as good as ever.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so another kind of, I guess, women's wrestling thing is they the sign Santia Morella's daughter. I saw that. That was kind of interesting. And
0: he, what a surprise! He claims she's just going to be a huge superstar. Shocking. He, I don't think he's biased at all in nope. that in that assessment. Am right? I going to be a superstar? A hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, what so else? I mean, second generation star, right? They, they, they love, love that. that. They, they love do. it.
0: They do love that. Um. So. What do I have here? No surprise, Uh, WWE morale is said to be at basically an all-time low for many wrestlers in the company. I would say outside of like three or four wrestlers in the company. How could anyone else be happy, right? Reportedly ranges from talents who are rarely on TV to those who are regularly in the main events. From new names to veteran talents, all experience a decrease in the morale in the locker room. So one longtime talent...
1: You have to after a Rumble show like that.
0: Right. One longtime talent reportedly said they feel like nothing matters outside of maybe four people, which I think is not wrong, right? Yeah, it seems pretty see. accurate.
1: Reigns, Lesnar, Goldberg, Edge.
0: And then several other main roster talents pointed to issues with continuity and nobody else really being designed to do anything. Like you start a story, it just kind of fades away. Or else, there's really nothing. Even the on main for event scene has
1: been really all over the place yes. in like the literally just the past months. Like Lesnar's here, Lesnar's there. Rollins is here, Rollins is there. Reigns is out, Reigns is back. Yep. like just so much.
0: And also said that a lot of the wrestlers feel like they don't really have a voice, and that the only option they, they have is they're like reduced to making pleas on social media, right? Like sending a little tweets about, or liking other people's tweets about. What certain is the point of staying there anymore? I I don't. I wouldn't. But I guess like. I don't know, Owens and Zane just signed, right? So some people it's seem uh, to be happy security enough. Probably, I would think that's a huge part and, of and it. And
1: as long as they're not in like a terrible spot, I feel like you just got to yes. play it safe. Yep. I mean, I feel like they could probably ask for their release if they really want to and then get ignored for a bit, but then eventually get it granted in the next round of budget cuts. I heard
0: rumors of Yo um, Shirai's release. Can you imagine?
1: I'm actually okay with
0: that. Me too. Oh, I would love it. I just think like, wow like to me for a while she was i was considering her the best wrestler in the world like regardless of gender she's unbelievable and then they just don't know how to anyways yeah we're beating a dead horse they don't know what they're doing they don't want to build stars they don't care
1: dead horse for the rest of my life they
0: got their money up front they don't really care anymore um what else do you have
1: yeah there's no reason to try anymore um do you personnel warn tony Khan not to sign shane mcmahon no duh
0: well yeah the whole shane mcmahon thing right so what was that that basically like he he's been like, released quote unquote yeah
1: and when there was plans for him to have a main roster run feud with rollins main event match with rollins poor seth rollins
0: and apparently he was using his uh position to sort of manipulate how things were going to go in the royal rumble and changing things and he was going to be
1: in the chamber match actually and
0: he was deciding who he wanted to interact with and what did it was it that i read to the the only person he was willing to really sell for was was lesnar and was there anyone else maybe just just lesnar of course it's lesnar so i i don't know this i'm a little bit suspicious i feel like this i'm not saying it's not true but i think there's a chance that it's not i feel like there's a chance that Related to that whole low morale issue that this guy they've kind of found a scapegoat, right uh, I don't know, it could be wrong, but like he's the son of the owner and he's for he's being released or whatever. I don't know it all seems a little bit suspicious and convenient to me that, as people are at an all time low in terms of how they feel about the company, that this may be a scapegoat, right, and that Shane is a willing participant in this, sort of like sure, you gotta blame someone for everything sucking. And whatever so i don't know we'll see i i'm gonna predict he's back pretty quickly but i could be wrong i also lo- the conspiracy i like why the don't idea. they why
1: don't they pull the corbin card and since things are bad in wwe now just blame Sonya deville and adam pierce
0: right exactly <laughs> and and because you know all this main roster stuff everyone's unhappy nothing's really good you would assume of course that the wwe financial report didn't go well right
1: Yeah, it must be like an all-time low.
0: Yeah. Oh, wait. It's the exact opposite of that. So the full report, obviously, for 2021 is now out. So their revenue increased 12% to $1.095 billion, with a B, which is the highest in the company's history. So despite massive layoffs, really low ratings probably the lowest morale among talent every ever they are recording record profits which all just leads me back to what i say they don't really care because they don't really need to right they can have the worst of everything they've ever had and make more money than they ever had and that's the bottom line so why would they ever change anything <laughs> they don't need to change anything right? Exactly because so, Stone Cold said so yeah. exactly so I don't know I don't have anything else um WWE is awful and I feel bad about supporting the company in any way at this point so I don't know anything else you have
1: um so Isaiah Cassidy is in a Re- revolution ladder match qualifier on Dynamite next week and um Tony Khan said that he'll be facing an AEW debutante who will be signing a contract as well and he's teasing a lot of like oh, uh forbidden door possibilities yes. and like um whether or not it's a company AEW is on good terms with even Ooh. if it's someone from a company that's open for business um they're like so they're also welcome to slam the door in the face of their prior company this is his tweet and also i did see a report that uh keith lee could be signing
0: see to me that doesn't count as forbidden door though because what? forbidden door is somebody who's working with another company coming because they're forbidden so, right? a free agent is not forbidden to go anywhere that's true But I feel like that's most likely is somebody from that round because that all the people that got... I'm
1: thinking Keith Lee because I I saw Melts report that he might be in talks with them.
0: Right. So all of the people that were released when Keith Lee was are now free, right? Their 90 day or whatever is up. I
1: would like to say that I do believe uh taylor rust is still available
0: <laughs> nice but again to me that's not forbidden door because they're not forbidden they are free well, yeah, agents ROA they're literally done, right? literally the opposite of that they can go right. wherever they want at mm-hmm. this
1: point i think keith lee would be nice for or, sure um taylor rust or taylor
0: i forget rust. who else was re- released in that round but i honestly forget I'm they're all available just
1: thinking of taylor Rust right now
0: uh anything else
1: Um, yeah, I think I have like a little bit. Go ahead. I'm done. So you, Um, it's all you. I'll drink some water. Rousey versus Charlotte Flair at Mania. Yay. Yay.
0: And I heard a little bit of the Rousey promo on Raw.
1: Rousey's not good at
0: promo. Raw? It was awful. Yeah. And the crowd noise that they piped in was ridiculous
1: yeah i saw like a clip of nxt and like literally the hard cam side is completely open so it makes it even weirder when they pipe in noise because it's just like half and uh, half of it honestly
0: it annoys me enough that if i ever quit watching nxt that would be one of the contributing factors is right. the fact that like you're treating me like i'm an idiot and that's the problem that's what
1: that's one of the main things with wwe in general
0: i think the thunderdome has taught Vince, right? Like you can, who cares what the crowd reaction is? You can make the crowd reaction and they figured out how to do it. That was like their trial period and now they're sort of fine tuning this. Like they can manipulate the situation as much as they want, even though you're watching people sitting there not moving, you're hearing people cheer or with NXT, right? There's maybe 200 people in there but they're, the sound is like there's yeah, thousands like and thousands. I guarantee
1: they're not even full, filling that venue at full capacity. It's it's ridiculous. And it's a small. Place.
0: It it makes me really really angry. But anyways. Yep.
1: And then I saw that there was a rampage promo from Adam Cole. I didn't actually see it yet, but I did hear about it. He did put Hangman on notice, so that's cool. Yeah, that would I'm be fine. I'm hoping like he attacks Hangman after the the Texas Deathmatch or something, because I I would love an adam versus adam
0: what are you saying that lance archer's not defeating page for the championship in that match are you are I you mean, crazy
1: he has lambert now so i mean i guess it's cole versus archer
0: right uh, anything else
1: uh nope that is it
0: all right well let's wrap up news and rumors and head into talking about some actual action from the week and we'll start out like we always do look taking a look at this week's aew dynamite
1: And we kick off the show with uh, John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuda. Uh, Yuda is a replacement for the Brian Kendrick after decade-old comments resurface, and he was pulled.
0: Yeah, some ridiculously intolerant and just nonsensical stuff from Kendrick's past. So interesting how it came up as he signed with aew right so it makes me feel like some wwe fans went and pulled that up and brought it which fine really? i mean
1: or i was just thinking they do like background do they do background check i, I, I like. think
0: i don't think they would have signed him and advertised him if they did right
1: that's true
0: like why would they have gotten to the point where they're promoting him on their show if they'd known about it, right? So right. again, he made his bed so he can lie in it. I think he's a talented in ring performer and kinda cool, but reading those comments not definitely not cool. So anyways, we get Yuda instead, which I thought worked out okay. So go ahead and talk about yeah, it.
1: Yeah, I wasn't too thrilled. I was like, Oh, Wheeler Yuda. Yay. But um but Yeah. We'll talk about that. And also he's a coming of Orange Cassidy and Danhausen.
0: Yeah, so we get right, like, really early on, there's alternating Let's Go Moxley and Danhausen chance, right? Like, that's nice for Wheeler Yuta. <laughs> You're the one involved in the match, and nobody's talking about you. But anyways, mm-hmm. Danhausen is wildly popular. Um, and
1: it was a fast-paced, pretty competitive opener. Agreed. Um Some notables. There's some Holtz encounters where Yuta eventually does get the better mox and hits a dropkick. He flips out of a back suplex on the outside and hits a shotgun dropkick. Um, in the ring, an x-plex drop by mox
0: yeah is that new to his repertoire i feel no No. he's done it before he's done that a bunch of times i
1: remember him doing in wwe a few times i'm just
0: old and don't remember things forgive me that's why you're that's why you're here i don't have to remember anything because you remember everything that's how (laughs) this arrangement (laughs) works that's our dynamic yep
1: right um stf by mox which eventually kind of like modifies with the straight jacket using yuda's arms but then yuda uses his legs free um to get a rope break right my throat's feeling weird after the hot chocolate. <laughs> um, an inverted atomic drop in an insecurity by Yuta, followed by a corner splash. Um, the Mox hits like the Dirty Deeds version one on the apron, which is like the headlock driver. Um, so that looked kind of cool. And then he throws Yuta back in the ring, but Yuta hits a crossbody to the outside after a distraction by Danhausen. Um, a cutter by Mox. Uh, Yuta counters a paradigm shift, hits an Olympic slam and a diving splash for two. Mm-hmm. And then um, later, in Mox comes up with the rapid elbows ahead and a paradigm shift for the win. Like a
0: vertical paradigm shift on that <laughs> yep. one, right?
1: Not like a underhook suplex. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I like the pace to this match. I don't think it was super fast, but it was really steady throughout. Each man got a chance to look good. I thought Yuta, got, this was probably my favorite Yuta match in um, AEW. I've seen him a bunch in ring of honor where he was doing like a decoder gimmick uh a little drop kick heavy at the beginning for me but then i thought he looked really good and he even got the point where he got to successfully counter the paradigm shift right so that's a feather in his cap i think mox looks like he's in great shape a little bit leaner um a little bit more fit and he looked really aggressive and vicious here i was happy to see if they were gonna have dan hausen there that they didn't overuse him because he could really like kind of divert attention from the match because people are really captivated by Danhausen. So I like that they didn't really overuse him here. And I think considering the discrepancy in the positioning of Yuta and Mox, right, that this was a really entertaining open ma- uh, opening match. And I know sometimes I'll say, like, you know, Yuta shouldn't have gotten that much against Moxley, but I don't know. I was fine with it here. Um, so I like the match. I guess you're going to talk about the aftermath separately. So I won't get into my thoughts on that. Right. Yeah.
1: So I'll cover the aftermath and then I'll, I'll go over my stuff. Sure. Um, so after the match, Danielson's in the ring, they just kind of stare off, which I thought that's where this ended, but I was incorrect. Danielson asks if they want to see them fight. And he says for a long time, he wanted to see them fight too. I am almost, I am near 100% positive. They definitely have before. Um,
0: i believe you i guess I not
1: can't, i guess not mox and danielson i can't but, disagree um he said he wanted to see them fight too for a long time because mox is different but since he's come back we've a new john moxley he says he's always wanted to test him and he's watching from where he was as mox's world champion i wonder where he was hmm. um and he says mox was the best aw world champion he says if he had some support he thinks mox would still be aw world champion yeah probably then you went out the don Callis incident right um, he says that is when you realize him and Mox shouldn't be fighting. They should be fighting together. Twist. Ooh, plot twist. He says, every, he, 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 says he gets everyone loves AEW, but there's no reason why Millennial cowboy should be AEW World Champion. There's no reason why a guy dressed as a dinosaur should be a tag team champion. <laughs> so good. There is no reason a guy whose main thing is to vlog should be TNT Champion. Yep. He says he and Mox could run the place, get whatever they wanted, whatever titles they wanted. He says they could also, if they wanted to take young guys like yuda who is running with jokes and take them under their wings he also name drops guys like garcia and lee moriarty he says they could train the future pro wrestling together he says even if they don't um like him they like what he's talking about referring to the fans he says mox doesn't have to answer right now but he wants mox to think about it and think of all the possibilities and the greatness they can create and the legacy he wants to leave he offers his hand but he says he knows it's a lot of pressure and asks him to think about it
0: yes and so we end with no resolution right. to this, um, like Mox is going to think so about it. I
1: was quite disappointed to say the least when Kendrick had to be replaced by Yuta. I was really looking forward to that, but I think this uh, was still pretty good. Me too. And better than I would have expected. Um, pleasantly surprised me. Um, their last match was a straight-up squash, if you remember. Yes, So I like that they did this differently. I think they struck a nice balance between Yuta getting an offense and Mox looking strong. <laughs> I think Yuta Bless looked you. pretty good, and I agree. I think this was Yuta's best match. Um, I think the pace of this is really good too. Mm. I don't understand why Dan Housen was here with the best friends, but he didn't do much, so it was fine. Great. Kind of amusing. Um, Mox was finished Straight straightforward and this is great. Um, the aftermath also surprised me too. Brian coming up didn't surprise me, but what he said did, the twist was actually kinda of surprising. I think it's fair to say everyone anticipated a Mox versus Brian feud and maybe that's still where we're heading, but um, Brian's promo was really interesting. I didn't expect him to go in that direction, but I think everything he said made sense. Yes. I never would have thought of it before, but now I would actually love a Mox Danielson team. Yes. Um, whether it's just teaming and going after singles gold, or actually going for the tag titles, regardless, it would be a sick team. Also builds anticipation for what Mox is going to say in response. But overall, I thought a pretty nice opener and very uh, nice promo from Danielson after the heel. Danielson's very interesting, not because he's he's not like the he's not overly heel, you know. No, it's but like he's He's kind of struck a great balance. He's amazing. And he's far different from Babyface Danielson or Daniel Bryan. And whether it's like a tag match or they're facing off, I would like to see something with Mox and Danielson at Revolution, which I think is something will happen at least.
0: Yeah, I Brian showing up, um, or Danielson, I guess. It didn't go in the direction I expected either, but I thought it was amazing. I I had already started typing my notes like they were just gonna sort of stare down or share a moment, right? And then he started speaking. And I thought he made a really compelling case for a union between the two of them. Uh, Made me kind of want to see it. And I like that he sort of took subtle shots at Paige and Sammy and um, Luchasaurus as well. I thought, I can't believe how much I love Brian, like heel Brian Danielson, right? His promos are amazing. And I really like that they left it without Mox making a decision tonight because I want this to linger. I want to think about this alliance possibly happening right
1: like because mox is mox so i think there's uh, there's like uh, it's believable he could go either way right and i love
0: that and i don't want it to be wrapped up tonight right like my fear was that mox was going to attack him or something but i would way rather be left not knowing for sure where this is going i thought yeah,
1: like left hanging so to speak
0: yes i thought it was terrific and i can't believe how good danielson is like he's just He's the best of the best right now for me in the ring, on the mic. Everything he's doing is amazing. I loved it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was it. Was a great way to start the show. And then we get a quick Punk MJF thing. It's it's primarily just highlights and recap of previous promos and segments. Also showing Punk's wins over Spears and Wardlow, and there's just a bit of a recap of last week's segment as well. Not nothing much here. I thought it was. I thought it was a nice little package. It was put together well. I didn't notice anything new, so I didn't really like Me either. I literally um, put say anything about it either. So I think it was just like a nice kind of highlight reel cutting yeah. everything of this feud together thus far.
0: Yeah, I literally just put right. recap of punk MJF. I didn't yeah. have thoughts. Basically really like deep.
1: a highlight reel of the feud, I guess. Yeah, it was. Um next we get a Brandy Rhodes in Ring <laughs> promo. Yeah. Now I know I know what this becomes, but I wanna talk about for a sec. Like, what do you think? Like, let's say like there's no interruption what do you think the point of the promo would have been let's say there's no interruption what
0: brandy's gonna say if nobody shows up exactly i have no idea like
1: like in kayfabe what was she coming out to do right yeah i can't feasibly see anything well just put herself over
0: and her husband probably like they always do right
1: we're baby faced.
0: just tout her accomplishments and how great she is and probably their child yeah their child that's gonna end racism or whatever that (laughs) Yes, promo the, was the baby
1: that ended racism right um yes but lambert cuts her off pretty quick and actually gets cheered again which is that's just very telling
0: that tells you how much people hate brandy Rhodes, right i
1: think especially brandy like i even when cody was like babyface and people still like them i still mm. dislike brandy well
0: cody does some good things brandy does not brandy like, no offers offense. nothing
1: yes lambert says she should know how bad it is to believe her own crap and she has a rally reality show but she needs a reality check he says she can pretend Cody earned a spot in EW and pretend that Chief Brand Officer is a real title. <laughs> and then he also calls out her accent, which she gets angry and makes a boob job crack. Yes, and he just, did. Like, I just wrote like Lambert came to play. Uh, he
0: was on fire early on. Yes. In this. yes. Um,
1: Lambert says he almost feels like a decent human being next to her, <laughs> which is so good. So good. Um, Brandy says uh, Paige shouldn't be laughing. Ethan Page, because they only hired him to get at Josh Alexander, which was like probably the only thing she said. Yeah, that was, that was a nice. That was a nice line yeah. for sure. Um, Brandy keeps talking gets stfu chance from the crowd yep um brandy says things are going pretty good for him but not as great as the chants go off again um she says it's a little telling that his best fighter got knocked out by jake paul sure i can't reference that <laughs> uh, insert reference here yep um she says he should spend less time in W more in american top tits yeah cool um lambert says cody is a lucky man no and asks if it's about time her whole family turns heel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. A very weak looking slap. By I Randy down if she was even trying. Right. And Lambert says he has a feeling she was in a fighting mood and he's not the only one with slapped the crap out of her on his bucket list. And Paige Van Zandt comes back. Yay. And goes after Brandy as the women's roster comes up to break it up. Yay.
0: Yeah. So I don't think I'm going to enjoy anything that comes out of this interaction because i don't need to see brandy i don't need to see a woman coming that's not already in the company when they in my opinion struggle to get enough women on tv already right so um van Zandt coming in and taking a spot from other people on the roster i'm not a fan of but as a one-off i was very entertained by this um This was the best Lambert I've seen in AEW. And he just eviscerated Rhodes to start this, right? And he was... was so awesome. He was really focused and he was really into it. The super hot crowd on this show made it even better. And... I asked you in the moment, like, what do you think Brandy was expecting? Did she know she was going to come out here?
1: She had to have noticed. Is there any
0: chance they placed her next to Lambert hoping that she would get cheered because everyone She'd hates Lambert? she to be
1: the least self-aware person since Michael Scott if, <laughs> if, like, she thinks she's going to get cheered, even with Nan Lambert. Like, come on.
0: So, yeah, you and I are very critical of Lambert. We generally don't want him taking up time, but I... Again, I don't want to see anything that comes out of this, but this actual promo yeah. of him just destroying <laughs> her, I can't deny that right. I really enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> well, this was, yeah, it was kind of enjoyable, but it was a pretty big waste of time. When Just when I thought that American Top Team stuff would A, end, or B, not get any worse. Uh, Brandon Rogers versus, versus Paige Van Zandt has to be the most unappealing match I've ever seen in a very long time, and I've seen Sting wrestle on Dynamite multiple times. Uh Brandy Rhodes promo was almost entirely bad, but Lambert absolutely came to play Owner. It was awesome. One of his best promos. Um Brandy had that one good line with Josh Alexander. Um I don't want any more of this ever. Sure, Lambert was good here, but that's due in large part to everyone hating Brandy Rhodes. Like I hate Brandy Rhodes, so it was hilarious, but I want American top team out of my sights for good. Men of the year should be a top tag team, not wasting their time here. Also, unless it's just a one time crack, I would like Alexander there.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yes.
1: I would even take him in that faction. And then, like, I don't know, you could keep him in the year as a tag team. Then Alexander's like mid card or top of the card. Yep. Single he count, is or fantastic. Scorpion. I don't know. Scorpio Sky could maybe be a single guy, and then you reform the North, yeah, or something. I don't know. There's a lot you could do with that.
0: For sure, I love him. And to give Brandy a little bit of credit, at least she let this happen, right? Like she let this guy come out and just tear her to shreds. She got a couple decent shots off as well, but um, I don't think it was she anywhere got, she got disowned anywhere near equal. So good for her for being willing to kind of take this in right. front of a, a crowd yeah. that's going to just destroy her as well.
1: Yes, that was awesome. Yep. Um so next we get HFO backstage. He says yeah. he's disappointed in private party for not bringing home the tag titles. Um to quote Cuz that's a reasonable expectation. Right, to quote Michelle Jones from Spider-Man No Way Home. Expect disappointment and you'll never actually be disappointed. Mhm. I definitely recommend that method in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um he says he heard about Guevara's TNT open challenge and wants the title. Um and Andre comes in and heard they lost. Um on Hardy says he knows He says Cassie will beat Sammy for the title. Yep. Sure. Sammy's reign is off to a good start, I would just like to say. Um, Andrade says "Um, a lot that I couldn't catch. And then at the end, he says money talks. And then Hardy tells Cassie to bring home the TNT title. And Cassie just keeps saying, I got you.
0: Yeah, I don't want Andrade affiliated with this group. I said of losers in my notes, that sounds harsh. Yes, no,
1: that's what I was saying. Because I just thought it was like a whatever segment. Just sets up another one of those one-off Rampage matches. And I just said, it feels so incredibly below Andrade.
0: And so when they did their, like... did Andrade is the one with 51%, right? Of this. So why would he not take the title shot himself? Is he not interested in winning championships? Why is it like one of the underlings going for it is he beneath not even hardy. Is that title like, beneath I him i don't i
1: don't want hardy to, but like not even hardy's going for it like that's where right. i thought i was going
0: so i don't understand or like this affiliation i just am hoping it runs his course as quickly as possible there has to be something better for andrade to do the man is a star so this like i was loving the show up to this point right and then i just thought this felt out of place to me i don't know yeah why it, this it, needs it's to exist not
1: interesting it doesn't matter like I find I don't care for a lot of the segments that set up rampage matches, but sometimes they're fine. This just, it feels so below Andrade. It really does.
0: Yes. I don't like it at all.
1: Um, Even if he's not going for titles, there's so much, like, he could just do better things.
0: Yes. Uh, well, next... and he's not wrestling, right? He's doing these little backstage things and not wrestling. So, yeah. I don't... When's the last time he wrestled since I don't he was going point. through
1: a flaming table? Right. Or, well, he didn't partially. really. <laughs> yeah. Partially. Partially. Um, next we get that triangle represented by pack in not Joker Penta versus the house of black, which is the Kings of the Black Throne, which I think
0: now Knights of the Black Throne.
1: Yeah, but he said Kings of the Black Throne. The nameplate said Knights of the Black Throne, which I don't like.
0: I think it's probably what what's right was on the nameplate because that takes more effort to do. No, but they've. And they would have checked that, right? They
1: said they like it was Kings of the Black Throne before. I know. I think they've changed it. I don't. I don't think. I think that's dumb. I, don't, I like kings i don't think better. multiple kings make sense yes so. but they're both so good they are kings and one of them is in fact named brody king that's no, far too much thought into is that he brody knight either I way i think fine. so either way is fine he is not they should just be the house of black honestly like pff. um i know it was a solid tv tag it, i don't know i thought it could have been better but i'll get into that um So Pac is starting, still wearing that blindfold. Yes. And Black goes after him, but Pac repeatedly avoids and then just lights him up with a strike combo, send him out of the ring before moving the blindfold, and then just around his neck for the rest of the match. Yeah,
0: it's like a dog collar for him. Like when you put a bandana on a dog, you know? (laughs) Right. So you're
1: likening Pac to that of a dog with a bandana? No, Pac is my favorite. Love Pac. (laughs) Uh, Stereo dives on the opposite sides of the ring by Death Triangle. Or Death. There's no shape with two sides.
0: Damn. Death line segment. <laughs> maybe. Right? Technically. Going back to my elementary school math. Right,
1: you could, or like the death parallel lines or something. I don't know.
0: Death ray? No, because it has to extend off in one direction if it's a ray, right? Anyways, math, right, who cares?
1: Death line segment. Um <laughs> You like yeah, that. Yeah, that. all right good. I like that and Death Rhombus. Death, death Rhombus, rhombus is, is amazing. It's so good. Um a cheap shot by King when Pack is in control. Um uh, Post commercial break, hot tag flurry by Penta. A floater of Backstabber from the corner by Penta for two on black. Strike flurry by Black for two. Later on, Pack gets a brainbuster for two with King breaking the pin, then getting us into a strike exchange with Penta. And the finish comes when Penta and Pack are looking for some package power driver dive combo. And but King shows Pack off the top rope, and the ref is distracted by that. Black sprays mist in Penta's eyes and tags. And King hit Dantes Inferno, suplex, drop, power slam for the win.
0: Yeah one thing that annoyed me was the the very first time uh Brody King tags in who we have barely seen wrestle in AEW they go to a commercial for like his entire first involvement right and I don't know about anyone else but I'm not watching the picture in picture really so
1: unless it's like a like a big match where there's like then we actual potential for stuff to happen so I
0: found that annoying because we come back from commercial and he's already tagged out but overall I enjoyed the match but I would have liked to see more Brody King involved. I'll never get tired of watching the speed and aggression and just crispness of everything Pac does. Um, All four of these guys are awesome, and this match had some good action, but I definitely think that this combination is capable of better, right? There's other levels that this group can get to. Yeah, I think both of these teams are, yeah. Um, So do you think this is the end of this angle, or is it going to continue? It doesn't seem like either team has anywhere else to go. I
1: don't know, maybe because there's the mist, right? And yes. So that that I don't think it's like necessarily like a a decisive end, so to speak. Right. You know what I mean? Like I feel like with like the whole like that'd be like um, when Pac got missed, like I, I feel like then it's not really over. Right. So I feel like now Penta has also been missed. So like.
0: I wonder when Phoenix is back. I don't really know.
1: Oh, he was gone. I don't know why.
0: I can't imagine. I have but I, idea. I so I I enjoyed the match, but I. I was hoping for better i'll say that
1: yeah yeah um i definitely was too um i think the saw match didn't quite live up to my expectations like i said one of those expectations was joker penta because they advertised that but did not give us that so i think i will be taking legal action for false advertising of joker penta you can for sure can. that is not okay you you don't advertise joker penta unless you're giving me joker penta because joker penta is different it's from called penta. a bait and switch yeah like kendrick except worse yes because um, Joker Penta is different from Penta Penta, okay? There is a difference. If you say so. Because Joker Penta is sick. Well, Penta's sick, but Joker Penta is like sick. Sick. You know? um, but jokes aside, uh, I don't think this is bad or anything. I just think I have potential to be much better than this. I would have liked to see more Brody King for one. So Agreed. I feel like we didn't get much here. And I think the finish worked out, um, but the match should have gotten more time as well. I think that was good for what it was, but should have been better. Also, Dante's Inferno, get a new finisher. Come on.
0: Yeah, those those two guys could definitely come There's up with so something much, better.
1: Like, how is that the best they have? At, it's I, not, a glorified power slam. Yeah, I'm not a really? big fan either. Like, are you telling me they won the PWG tag titles with a power slam? Maybe. Is that what they're trying to tell me?
0: It's the 80s. Devastating. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Ask baby boy. Yep. Uh, next, we get a promo from Adam Cole with nobody, just Adam Cole. So that's good. All by um, his self. Mm-hmm. Cole says he is still undefeated, which is true. And his re- record reflects that. He says Cassie didn't beat him and it was a fluke. And his record reflects that. All factual statements. Yeah. Um, he says he still doesn't get the respect he deserves. And we will see a new Adam Cole who takes what he wants. And he'll hurt evil Unon Rampage. Insert name of random Rampage opponent here. And everyone will see what he wants. Which was, in fact, a fa- another factual statement.
0: I thought really good intensity by a guy who's always just believable in his promos, whatever style he wants to do. So this is the logical play for him here, right? And that's why I imagine it was um, an unsanctioned match is because Orange Cassidy can get a quality win. Cole technically doesn't get a loss, right? And, of course, heel Adam Cole is going to dwell on that and remind us of that, that his record is still perfect. So... All of it made sense here. It was a pretty short promo, but a strong one because it's Adam Cole, and I'm also fine with him getting back on the winning track against Evil Uno because that'll probably be an entertaining match, right? So obviously Uno's not winning, so that makes sense too. Yeah, I thought this was logical and well done.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was a quick promo from Cole. It said someone a bit of a new direction, but like again, not like character shifting, which is my thing. Like I don't like when it's just like a random character shifting right. promo. I, I like that it's just like kind of like refocusing him, right? Yep. Which I think it did. And him versus Paige is money. He said adds.
0: exactly what you would expect his character to say, and he said it well.
1: I think they have enough time to set up Cole versus Hangman for Revolution, which is just, that would be amazing.
0: But Cole loses, unfortunately, probably. Yes, but, but that's, that's okay. the
1: one time I'm okay with him losing. Because yep. it's Hangman. It Hangman is. Hangman is also an Adam and also a cool boy, so.
0: He is a cool boy.
1: Next, we get our women's match of the week. Mm-hmm. I am not joking. Uh, Ruby Soho versus Nyla Rose because Nyla Rose was bitter about a tournament, which was a little while ago, actually. Feels like that was long ago, actually, for some reason. Um, you, the tournament. It just feels like it a, does it was feel a long time ago. ago. You know, like for example, like um, Rosa Martinez had their rampage match, which apparently had a DQ finish, um, like, and that stemmed from the tournament, which felt like a while ago you know what i mean like really Daily's play show but again
0: when you're only dealing with the women like once on a show it takes a while to get back around to everything
1: it's like um like um a show like uk if you only get on like once every week or every couple weeks like takes a while exactly like like the tag tournament they've kind of been doing right right it's
0: taken a long time
1: for three matches yes you could have done in two shows if they really wanted to like legit but um I thought it was a fine match for the women's match of the week. Um, notables, uh, Rose blocks a Sunset Flip but misses a leg drop, takes a PK from Soho. Later on, a Samoan drop by Rose for two. Uh, Death Valley Driver later on for two. Uh, fireman's Carry face first, drop on the apron by Soho. I don't know. like She just like kind of has Rose in a Fireman's Carry and then just drops her face first on the apron. Mm-hmm. Um, Spine Buster on the outside by Rose, which is pretty nice. Soho looks for Frankenstein, but nearly takes an Avalanche Beast Bomb, but avoids it. A swan tom bomb to the spine by Rose, and a beast bomb for the win.
0: Um, yeah, I was surprised a little bit at how dominant Nyla Rose was, eh? Like Ruby Soho didn't get a ton of this. Um, there was a little bit too deliberate when Rose was in control at the beginning of this. Um, for and that was most of the first half, and it even seemed like the crowd's energy dipped. It kind of reminded me of like the Roman Reigns style, where he just kind of walks around and picks you up and hits a power move, and then walks around. Um, so not my favorite style. I think both of these women are good but not great. And I think that's the type of match they kind of produced here. Like, I don't think there was anything right. wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't find it super engaging. I thought Nyla's finishing combination with the Senton and the Beast Bomb looked pretty devastating. But what was Ruby Soho doing in the corner? Remember when she missed her she signature? for
1: the riot kick. But, like... but she
0: just didn't. She missed it by like three feet and Rose didn't move or counter it or anything. So, it looked yeah, bizarre to me. Yeah, it
1: looked really me. weird. I don't, I don't know.
0: And then, anyway, so I thought the match was, was fine to to take a FNS staple comment. Um, I, I didn't love it. I thought it was okay. You? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was a fine match and all, but I was expecting a little better. Uh, I just wasn't super interested during this. The finish was a little odd. It looked like so Hobasha, but also looked contrived because she was lying down for the Swanton. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not sure what to think there. Um, But overall, fine match. A little surprising as I didn't expect a win for Rose. Yeah um next um hang on your seats exciting we get gun club backstage i think Yay. it might be team ass
0: now i'm not sure Well, that's
1: that's pretty fitting because they suck ass <laughs> um they make a jungle book joke and then beat up jungle boy and they take him outside and oh my god they threw him over a snowbank yeah wow. this and felt... the luch Soros and cage chased them off this Yay. felt to
0: me like an nxt segment not yes. so much an aew yep. it was just like they're juvenile bullies, I guess. Um, I didn't really like it. I don't know if this is their new gimmick or whatever, that they just bully people randomly, but I thought this was kind of lame, frankly.
1: Yeah. Like, ooh, you throw them over a snowbank. Ooh-hoo.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but, yeah, I, I don't care about Gun Club. It, this is just short. I don't care about gun club at all i don't want to see them challenge for the titles i don't think they should challenge for the titles there's no universe where them challenging for the titles makes sense
0: and like billy Gunn was there too right and he's like a 50 whatever year old man right. and he's still bullying like a 24 year old <laughs> kid or whatever right. seems a bit ridiculous <laughs> right to me.
1: yeah that that's the thing too is like what they really got... bullying
0: is a family affair? That's good, you know. Oh
1: my god, that, that I feel like that's a, if they ever come up with that, that's like a t shirt. Maybe
0: that's what we need to do as we get older to stay close, uh, keep our relationship close, is start bullying random people. Right? Like, we could walk around if I could walk, we could walk around and throw people in snowbanks and stuff and bring right, us closer yes, together. So like, um, I think.
1: Well, Nate's still in elementary school, so we just go and like start
0: bullying his friends, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Makes sense to me, right? But yeah, this was dumb,
1: yeah. I... I hate Gun Club. You're the worst. Um, Hangman Page speaks next. Um, Page said that he has been AW World Champion for 81 days. Well, that is nice. Mm-hmm. Episode
0: but- 81. Oh, synchronicity. Oh. Amazing. Well, I mean, that was on Wednesday. It was but- meant to be. This is going to be our best episode ever.
1: Oh, yes. Most viewership. Our viewership is going to... Millions in, and millions. Yeah, it's going to yep. like triple. Guaranteed. And then triple off of that triple. Yeah, exactly. Um, He's saying he's only gotten to defend it twice against one person um Paige says he was still waiting he said that he's got a baby at home there's a foot of snow and the flight home is likely going to be canceled Paige said that he doesn't give a uh sh- crap if uh texas deathmatch next week because he needs something Paige called out archer right now to give the people of chicago a fight dan lambert and jake roberts that's just a weird ass combo um appears since they're allies of archer um Lambert rips on page a Ben Robert says he could smell fear on page and Archer shows up and attacks page um page is ready and whipped Archer in the steel steps go Lambert goes after page of the chair who know no sells it that allows Archer come back and he chokes him on the steps and then he gives him a blackout through the table which was pretty nice and he's he he's gonna be the next world champion which is the biggest crock I've ever seen
0: uh yeah I thought this was fine the talking part there was a bit of awkwardness right because I don't know if Jake Roberts' timing was off or whatever, but he sort of was interrupting Paige, like talking over him when I don't think he was supposed to. I thought the physicality at the end was much more interesting than the talking by anyone. And I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because I think we would agree there's no universe where lance archer is winning this match right especially
1: not from hangman page in the beginning stages of his title run
0: but at least the attack um of page did look again vicious. i
1: think it looked cool because the one on the chair was it did. cool the it one was. on the on through the table was cool like, like
0: this did way more for archer than the match he had a couple weeks ago for me right um mm-hmm. but again why are we getting multiple doses of lambert um i think that's two weeks in a row now with multiple lambert yeah sightings. he's kind
1: of been involved in multiple things i personally i don't see him
0: has there been any explanation offered as to why he's right nothing why he's he's with archer he's not
1: very prominent in this i feel like he's not an important part of this feud so like i i feel like he should be removed from this one and if he has to be here Go with the other one.
0: Because at first it was like okay, maybe it's because Jake's not there, so he's the mouthpiece, nope, but there. Jake's there. So now I really don't understand and yeah, we've been given, I don't get it given no explanation. But whatever. Um
1: I thought it was a solid segment. Promos from Hangman Lambert and Roberts are all fine. Not the best work from anyone in my opinion. Brawl with Hangman and Archer is nice, the choke in on the stairs and the black guy through the table is really cool. It doesn't build much for the match, but it does make Archer look kind of cool. Um I'm still not super interested, if I'm, if I'm being honest.
0: It's just the most obvious placeholder defense, right? Which yes. you have to have. So that's fine. Yes,
1: but I always appreciate when it's like a little less glaringly obvious. Right. Um, next, we get Chris Jericho doing a promo backstage saying that Santana Ortiz were disrespectful to him by tagging him and not tagging him last week. I thought they were actually being polite, but I mean, everyone's got their own. <laughs> I love opinion. the story they told in that match. I did enjoy it, yes. Uh, Jericho wondered why they were listening to Eddie Kingston because they just because they started in the business together because Jericho said the Inner Circle started AEW together and Jericho said nobody has more influence in AEW than him. You're right. It's not like there's four wrestlers on the roster who are EVPs. Who are literally
0: in charge of the show.
1: Yep. No, I, uh, but I, 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 I definitely have to agree with him. He's got the most influence. Uh, Jericho said he's asking Santana to be part of a full inner circle team meeting in the ring but then he says no i'm demanding it because i have more influence than anyone mm-hmm. and i'm chris jericho and that attendance is mandatory like tuesday for me except this would probably be mad more
0: right um i thought he was fine here is he a little more serious right not so many of the lame jokes only one i think about kylie jenner at some point but I think it's kind of funny that he's referring to himself as an influencer, right? As a, what is he, 50 years old? Right. Like that word now has a different meaning than, you know what I mean, than right. what he's using it for, I think. So I found that a little bit awkward. Um, I fear the inner circle will get too much time in that segment next week. I don't know how much of it I need to see. But if the end result is getting Santana and Ortiz away from Jericho and on to something else, then I'm all for it. But yeah, I thought this was okay. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of fatigued with Jericho I think you are as well so I don't if this wasn't super long and he wasn't super silly about it so I thought it was okay
1: yeah I thought it was fine I think it's it was like a logical follow-up from uh last week which is good and I mean I feel like they remember when they did like what's the word for the when you're preparing for war they had like the segment before the blood and guts when oh was it? yeah I forget the, uh, it'll come um, to me at some point but anyways uh, I, I don't remember me either. But, um. Yeah, I don't, it was some sort. I I really wish I knew right now. It's like one of those things, like. Um,
0: It'll come to you later. Don't I, worry. I, I, Power I really through.
1: Yeah, um, but I guess this could be an interesting segment next week. I just hope it's like the Santana R T split from the Inner Me Circle. Me too. Um, because I think they need that. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we we come to our main event, uh, which is CM Punk vs MJF the long-awaited double match. <laughs> long-awaited <laughs> right? what? Long-awaited double match.
0: Oh, right. I see what you're saying. I get you. Kind of, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, In a long epic is what I described it, it was. as. Um MJF's wearing white, and I'm, all I'm going to say is those be winning colors. Yeah, they are. Or color. Ask Seth Rollins.
0: It's winning all colors. Isn't white made up of all colors?
1: Are we really? Technically. Re- is it? I think is that, so. Is that the thing? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. i i I, that's like one of those things like they say in art and as a colorblind
0: person i probably shouldn't (laughs) too much on colors.
1: right yeah and that's one of those things like in art or whatever and like in school that they say that i just i forget you know what i mean like it's like i just don't care (laughs) great um like french i feel like i i I learn the stuff and then every year i just forget it and then learn it again but like a little more and then your marks are good so who cares yeah that's what matters yep i am uh and also the same for health stuff Mm. (laughs) amazing um MJF hides behind the ref and in the ropes to get a cheap shot to take control of some more strikes, but Punk turns it around with some of his own. Strikes around the ringside area, but Punk until MJF hits a throat chop, goes off in the crowd, crowd ball, and I think Punk hit him with a soda can or something. Um he body slams um MJF numerous times back in the ring. Yes. Uh Punk charges in the corner and hits hard off the ring post shoulder first, which I thought was, looked pretty good It did. It sounded went, good too. He went pretty out of the ring. Yep.
0: I'm hiccuping, damn it. You are.
1: Okay. Uh, MJF is working on Punk's armor Um, both a top-to-top turnbuckle after the break, but gets shoved off and hit with a diving crossbody body from Punk. Corner rising knee followed by the bulldog by Punk. A body slam on the apron.
0: That's the hardest wow. part of the ring.
1: Yes. It was after MJF rolled out of the ring to avoid a GTS. The hardest part of the ring, yes. They call it the Pepsi twist, but I don't like that. So a hammerlock lariat by Punk. <laughs> okay. Um, I remember Arya Dvari doing that, mm-hmm. um, so that's cool um mjf uses tape under a sleeper hold to cheat and choke out punk which he does and mjf thinks he's won then the ref sees the tape so the match is restarted or resumed and I just because
0: you see the tape you immediately know that it was used to choke him i don't know i mean i'm getting yes. pretty nitpicky but like just because there's tape yeah. there you know
1: um punk makes a comeback and hits crowd punches in the corner suicide die by punk uh double foot stomp to the arm by mjf tequila sunrise looking submission but um punk eventually gets out a kind of nice Poison Rana by Punk kind of folded himself, too.
0: I don't remember if um, I've seen him do one before, but know. it looked good. Yeah, it was pretty yep. nice.
1: Um, MJF fakes being hurt and hits a chop box to Punk's bad leg. Punk hits the corner high knee and looks for the bulldog, but MJF bites his hand and then the head. Atop the turnbuckles, Punk gets payback by doing the same and then hits a Pepsi Plunge, I mean an avalanche pedigree. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but he hits the Pepsi Plunge, at retro CM, vintage CM Punk. Vintage CM Punk. Yes. Uh, Punk enters a tombstone, looks to have one of his own, but MJF gets a roll for two. Then Punk comes back to the roundhouse in an elbow for two. Um, Punk or Wardlow comes down and stares down Punk, and he did end up sneaking the dynamite ring Which I didn't notice in MJF. real time. Yeah. Um, Back in the ring, MJF does get the ring shot for the win.
0: Yeah, I didn't notice the ring transferring uh, in real time, but they made sure they replayed it to show us. Uh, It was an excellent match, I think. Both men did a really good job of selling injuries and exhaustion kind of along the way. As usual, MJF, just being the brilliant heel that he is, took a million shortcuts. It even seemed like one of them worked, right? The choking with the tape. Unless, obviously, if you noticed how much time was left in the show, you knew that that wasn't the actual finish. I think the right man won this match for sure because I think MJF is the guy you're building to defeat Hangman if it were me, right? That's right. that's where I'm going with this. Wardlow's brief involvement, involvement can further the story he has with MJF and Wardlow, which I think might be what MJF moves on to next right it seems like they're about ready to pull the trigger on Wardlow MJF Um, I think that's
1: MJF's like placeholder until hangman or something
0: yeah I can't help but compare this to MJF Darby Allen which I loved so much and I don't think this punk match was as good but definitely main event worthy they delivered just an epic match right really lengthy really good I don't I wouldn't say there was a ton of spots that I'll remember you know what I mean um,
1: Maybe Pepsi plunge because he doesn't do that a true, lot. True, I guess. I think so. it was like, yeah, it was like. I think it's generally good, but that's like one of the things I'm like. I feel like sometimes like Cody guevara that had like n- n- like super notable Much spots, that. right? Yep. And like, or like Haman it was really long, but then there's I feel like a couple things you could point to that are like that match. You know right. what I mean? I think I think this was still like really good, Me especially too. like strong for, sure for my main event. Yep. Um, but like I agree, I don't think there's any like. I'm not, not to say like signature spots but like defining spots right. for the match right There are some notable ones like a poison rana and a pepsi plunge but like, like i don't think that's like going to define the match
0: right like i'll always remember if someone says alan mjf i'd be like oh i love that match or if they're like omega like the page thing. i'll be like oh i love that match but this one i might not remember that i still think it was probably an excellent match but um not at the level of some we've seen from dynamite for sure but a very good main event could have been on a pay-per-view no problem i'm not yep. trying to make it sound like it wasn't good because it definitely was yeah
1: um i thought it was a pretty nice main event especially for Dynamite. one of the best recent Dynamite main events certainly my favorite since Jurassic express lucha bros and also the week before that ue versus best friends um i think they worked it well and pacing and whatnot was how you expect their match to go i liked mjf continuously working the arm that punk hit into the ring post and then played possum to attack his knee and then work that too um, which kind of played into Punk not capitalizing exactly. on the Pepsi Plunge, so I think that was kind of cool. Yes, really Punk good had selling. some good stuff too, hitting some usually solid offense, but busting out some older ones like a Hammerlock Lariat and the Pepsi Plunge, even hitting a Poison Rana, which might be new for him. And While I'm never really a fan of the false finish trope in wrestling, I think this one was fine. Considering how much MJF cheats, I don't mind him getting caught for once. Um, I liked him teasing wordless foot from MJF, and then he sneakily assisted MJF for, in winning for real. Again, by nefarious means, but the usual ring shot. Um, I assume this means MJF bagging a ton about the win and not crediting Wardlow by um, also making him qualify for the latter match. So that'll kind of keep furthering the storyline. So I think this was a big kind of part of just furthering the Wardlow storyline. I think so too. Um, I would also like to say I think they made the right call having MJF win. Punk staying undefeated this far has been good. It's made sense. It hasn't hurt anyone. But MJF is a rising star. And like you said, the person they should probably build to beat Hangman. And he benefits a lot from a win like this. And in and in uh, Punk's hometown too, right? So an MJF winning via shenanigans doesn't make him look weak because it's in his weasel character and keeps Punk looking a little better too. So I think they definitely made the right call. It should have been MJF to end Punk's streak. and I then. Think so. But I think definitely our, uh, MJF Darby Allen was way better, but this one was still really good and it was a dynamite match, so that might um, make it a little different, you know?
0: Yep, I think so too
1: um so show thoughts in in letter grade for this one
0: so they hit that classic formula right like i i enjoyed the opener with mox and yuda quite a bit and the main event was excellent so already they're starting out pretty strong um Mm -hmm. and then you've got the danielson promo which i thought was amazing
1: again did not expect that
0: no um a lambert brandy road segment that i really enjoyed that i would never think i I would say that either enjoyed
1: it but i also hated it
0: well i don't I don't want anything to come out of it, but I enjoyed it while it happened. Um, The women's match, I thought, was just kind of okay. Cole's promo was good. Um, The Death Triangle match, again, was good, but I think they were sort of holding back there that there's still more to come there, and that makes sense. The HFO stuff was obviously nothing I enjoyed, but I think, overall, I could give this show this week... I'm going to go with an A-, I really liked a lot of the show, and the the things that bothered me were kind of few and far between, so I think it was an A minus show with the strength of the the main event, the opener, and um, Danielson talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. So I think in terms of in reaction, I think this delivered pretty well with some solid promos as well. Um, the opener was surprisingly good and enjoyable, a great pace I think, and um, very different from the first encounter between them, but very nice still. I hope Kendrick does sort out this stuff because I think AW, they are the kind of company, like, they'll, like, if that kind of gets sorted out, like, because I guess some of the things happen, like, with Guevara and other people, so I feel like if that gets sorted out, Kendrick can come in. I would love Kendrick versus Mox or Kendrick versus, like, ooh, Kendrick versus Danielson, actually. That'd be cool. uh Danielson promo, speaking of, was awesome to top that off. Love that. Brandy Lambert segment was pretty good. A mixed bag because I did not enjoy Brandy that much, but Lambert just he ended up looking great as a it was result. Because because I hate her. Oh, <laughs> uh, I did not care for the little HFO segment. Uh, House of Black Death Triangle is solid, but they're kind of holding back, like he said. Cole's promo was good. Rose Soho was fine at best. Could have been better, I think. Agreed. Uh, didn't care for Gun Club. They shouldn't be in a title program. Hangman Archer segment was solid, uh, and the Black After the Table was really cool. Um, the Jericho promo was fine. Sets up a segment next week, and the main event was a long one, but a good one. I think it was a generally really enjoyable show. I'd give it like a high B plus. Sounds like it can quite fit into the yeah, range. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's boarding on it for me.
0: Yep, good. Uh, yeah, pretty enjoyable uh, AEW Dynamite, which will contrast with some NXT 2.0 a little bit oh, later. Oh boy, on. will it! But before we get to any NXT talk, we're gonna take a little detour into the world of trivia in a segment we always call "Off the Top of His Head." All right, so this week, I don't think these are going to be too challenging for you, but they almost never are, no matter what I do anyway. So I kind of went with something I enjoy, and I may even continue it next week because the resource I used, which was Bleacher Report, had like 40 or 50 of them. So I what it's going to be is questionable gimmicks and characters, and I have like three clues for each one. I relied heavily on Bleacher Report and then tweaked a couple of the things or maybe added a couple clues on my own along the way. But uh, we're going to do 15 today, and then we'll see if we enjoy it. I can, I can uh, turn some facts into clues for next week. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. So clue one. And even if you get it off the first one, I'll probably finish the other details just to sort of fill in the details here. So this was such a controversial character that the performer could not perform under the character's name when WWE held shows in Canada. That's clue one. Uh-huh. you need another one yeah okay feuding with big boss man and bret hart for a good portion of the gimmick's lifetime he actually became the intercontinental champion Mountie? correct mm. right so the people in canada were not thrilled with that really? gimmick i guess I, did
1: not know that. I mean i guess that makes sense but I did not know that.
0: and the final clue that would have made it real obvious when the character finally faded out he formed the quebecers and held one half of the tag team championships on Which, three aren't they just a tag occasions. team
1: mounties or there, were they weren't actually mounties, no, like they were they're... just Quebecers.
0: Oh. He was, I, was he still the Mountie in that tag team for a no. bit? Yes, right before he was the Rougeau. O- ah. I don't
1: think so. I well. can't
0: remember. Uh, anyways, as so here we go. Actually, there's only two clues for this one because I know you won't need any more than one. As if having a superhero gimmick wasn't enough, WWE had to go and give this person, a, or sorry, give that superhero a sidekick with an oh-so-clever acronym for a nickname superhero sidekick with an acronym for a nickname.
1: Nicky ASH? No.
0: No. Similar idea though. Okay, next one. Is it had-
1: Hurricane Rosie? Uh,
0: yes, who what was Rosie's acronym? I don't know. The superhero in training, the SHIT. Oh. Right. So yeah. the the other clue was had a lot of potential like his former tag team partner Eddie Fatu, who was who made it in WWE as Umanga. Umanga yes sorry if you don't know why we say umanga it's because um
1: william regal's a legend
0: william regal yeah he cannot say umaga to save his
1: life no that was jericho yeah
0: that was jericho um he would carry a skull to the ring and could control the arena lights
1: papa chango
0: correct Later on in his career, he would begin casting spells on his opponents, causing pain. Oh, them I thought pain. you were
1: gonna say later on in his career he became a pimp.
0: He became <laughs> a lot of different things, and then during his feud with the Ultimate Warrior, he made Warrior vomit with one of his spells, which I don't remember. Really? These are That's all-
1: like one of his, his. That was one of the only things Papa Shango did. Uh, other than screw up uh mania seven next one no mania eight sorry
0: though he was better known as smash one half of demolition the same man yes will always be remembered as having one of the dumbest gimmicks in wwe i remember because you're
1: watching a random like raw or something
0: and you saw him it was well and i just know that it was like cartoonish beyond so the other clues were wearing a lone ranger type mask and carrying a rope that he used to tie up his opponents he portrayed a sneaky heel who the fans would dislike i think that's redundant if you're a heel <laughs> your course are gonna dislike you short feuds <laughs> well, with bulldog fans are and so, Randy like Savage.
1: simple that back then like
0: yeah um next one he wore a tunic and a viking helmet while carrying a sword and shield
1: <laughs> berserker
0: correct the berserker uh the other I'm
1: pretty sure his um his finisher was like an over-the-top rope throw or whatever like he would like I can't remember how. I think he, like, backdropped him over the top rope or something, and then he would just win by count out. Like, awesome. Lit, I, like, I think, I can't remember how, but I remember his finisher was just, like, an over-the-top rope throw, and he just went by count out.
0: So I'll turn the other clue into a bit of trivia then. Who was he managed by? Slick? No. Mr. Mm-hmm. Fuji. Oh, Mr. So he man- Fuji? managed by Fu- Fuji, feuded with several big-name stars, including Davey Boy and Jimmy Snuka, and at one point he feuded with The Undertaker and tried to stab him with his sword
1: see that's what drew mcintyre should be doing drew is doing it wrong
0: you don't bring a sword and not use it am i right exactly um so this character the next one was a former prisoner who claimed his innocence and that he had been abused by a prison guard while he was locked up <laughs> nails correct he claimed that the prison guard uh was wwe superstar who big boss man correct uh and this prompted a feud that lasted about six months He was released shortly after that feud with the Big Boss Man after allegedly assaulting Vince McMahon over money issues. Damn. Interesting, eh?
1: That is hard.
0: All right. Next one is more than one person, but you'll get it, I'm sure. This group dressed in green and white school colors and debuted during a match between Jonathan Coachman and Jerry Lawler, cheering Coach to a victory. Spirit Squad. Correct. Um, They began a feud with DX and held the Tag Team Championships for 216 days.
1: Jeez, that's way longer so than who
0: was who they thought was going to be the star out of that group do you remember kenny yeah and who ended up being the one that ziggler right
1: right because i remember kenny got a bit of a solo run after that and yes then...
0: they thought he was going to be the next big thing and then he was not uh next one in 1995 this character debuted with a gimmick based on max katie robert de niro's character in the movie cape fear Max Moon? no he was a heel who acted polite and kind when not in the ring but after the bell rang, he would turn into a lunatic, choking and kicking his opponents with no remorse before returning to his peaceful self after the bell rang again. Uh, next clue I can give you off the top of my head. Yeah. This character influenced originally Bray Wyatt's character. Oh, Waylon Mercy. Correct, Waylon Mercy. And I didn't know this one. He was forced to retire after suffering an injury from a jackknife powerbomb at the hands of Diesel. Mm. Uh, next one. This was the gimmick of a crazy wrestler who hailed from the outer reaches of your mind, and there oh, were my there were rumors that Vince did believe the man playing the role was actually crazy.
1: Oh, I know who it is, Damien Demento. Correct.
0: Right. And the, a thing I don't know why I remember this because I don't remember anything. He was in the main event of the first ever episode of Raw.
1: Yeah, we've we, I think we've definitely mentioned it in trivia before. Do you know who he faced? Taker.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, this one. <laughs> It's not a surprise. I don't remember this because I think he only had one match. As is actually one of the clues. So this gimmick was that of a mime slash magician who came to the ring with no entrance music and wore a mask, even though he had identical face paint underneath.
1: Fantasia. Yes.
0: Yeah. Nice. So he only made one appearance. Yep. Yeah. And during that only match, he snuck up behind his opponents and, quote, magically removed their boxers, followed by a roll up victory before removing Earl Hebner's boxers and then disappearing forever. <laughs> Amazing. I'm going to have to go back to that. I know I've seen it before. All right. Here's one I don't think you'll get. So prove me wrong. Before John Cena, there was another rapper gimmick, only it was nowhere near as successful. Men on mission? Nope. He would rap before his matches, which included those against high profile superstars, including stunning Steve Austin and Diamond Dallas Page.
1: Oh, we're going WCW. Then I don't know.
0: The gimmick didn't last long, and the performer found better success on the independent circuit. PN News. I don't know. Does that, that even ring is. a bell? I don't wow, even know. Wow, we've that is. stumped Jack. That's incredible. Done my job. Uh <laughs> getting back into a bit easier, I think for you at least, this character received more acknowledgement from the vignettes than that aired on SmackDown prior to his debut than he did. He was actually performing in The Ring. He was a member of a carnival. Carnival, sorry, who spoke. Kazarni? Yeah, in Carney Talk. Nice. He wrestled several dark matches before making his debut to a dead crowd, apparently, and then was released two months later. This WCW character was based on a dance craze that had long faded out. He would forget how to use his finisher, the figure four leg lock, and bring a cheat sheet with him to the ring. So it's a dance-based gimmick, but an out-of-date dance. He lasted a long time. Former cruiserweight, tag team, and television champion with WCW. Just now. Correct. Okay. Glenn Gilberti, I believe, is his given <laughs> name. Here's a good one. <laughs> he debuted on Raw and was said to be controlled by someone or something known only as Little Johnny.
1: Do you mean little Jimmy?
0: Nope.
1: So it's not our truth?
0: Nope. No? Okay. Okay. When, so with the same name, but a slightly different gimmick, he returned as a poetry reading heel who would interfere in matches and read hateful poetry.
1: <laughs> That's funny. I No, I don't know.
0: Here's the one where you'll get it. Later, he became a member of the Road Warriors after Animal was looking for a new partner.
1: Oh, it's Heidenreich, isn't it? Heidenreich, oh, correct. Oh, my God. That that was Heidenreich. Oh. I didn't write. He
0: had a whole bunch, like just a bunch of bad gimmicks. We're giving <laughs> to that guy. <laughs> Reading
1: hateful. That's awesome.
0: Last one, which unfortunately is the easiest one. So it's not going to be my usual plan of stumping you at the end. I should have moved PN News down. Damn it. I missed an <laughs> opportunity. He played the character of a trash collector, would carry a garbage can to the ring. Took the dumpster jersey. Correct. Participated in both 95, King of the Ring, and Royal Rumble. Asked for his release from the WWE if they're growing tired of the schedule.
1: I thought you were going to growing tired of the gimmick
0: probably didn't hurt either although that was what it was back then right it's like nxt now you're reduced to one defining thing it's either your job or and we'll get into that in a little bit as well but anyways uh good job and we will move back into talking about a weekly wrestling program this time it is taking a look at nxt uk all right so booster juice has magically arrived and we are ready to talk about some nxt uk that we just watched before we came down here basically right Mm -hmm. peek behind the curtain Mm -hmm. um so it started with a quick recap and a hype video for the uh meiko davenport main event as well as
1: japanese street fight okay correct
0: correct as well as the match to determine the number one contender for the tag team championships and then we'd quickly see Mustache Mountain walking backstage, holding their championship belts. Apparently, on their way because they are going to do commentary for the opening match, which is that final of the I, ter- I say tournament, and then giggle every time because it was four teams. But <laughs> yeah, it's Oliver Carter and Ashton Smith taking on Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff in this one. To
1: be fair, they, they AEW did the same thing, I believe, when Lucha Bros were getting their title shot. Um pre-keyed yeah match. i guess so that's fair so, i mean gotta be fair it's not really a tournament but it's if, i mean if you need like a quick no more. like it's um it, it's it's just yes tournament is generous
0: strong word yeah so this match is basically the story of sort of the beginning of the splintering it looks like of stars and mastiff right because it kind of has stars getting dominated a bunch and mastiff trying to come in and clean things up and then like stars blind tagging himself in and mastiff not really being happy about it and then Um, Stars wanting Mastiff to tag out later and Mastiff basically saying, I've got this, I don't need you to sort of thing. Um, so I don't know. It started out holds and counters. I didn't have a lot of highlights from this because I didn't really enjoy it, if I'm being honest. Um, and then Mastiff gets double back body dropped by the other team at some point. They also do like a silly string kind of thing that leads to a splash though. Um, there's an avalanche double underhook throw by Stars. Uh, at one point where he sort of needs to make the hot tag. And Mastiff does make the hot tag. He dominates briefly here, including an overhead belly to belly. And then Mastiff refuses to tag out, as I said, hits a German suplex, but misses the cannonball in the corner, which allows Carter and Smith to execute some quick tandem offense, ending with an assisted moonsault, and they pick up the victory here. Um, I wasn't really a fan of this match. I thought the first few minutes were really slow and a lot of just basic holds and counters. Uh, and then the story of Mastiff and Stars starting to have issues and possibly split here seemed to come kind of out of nowhere. The bright spot for me, I thought um, Carter showed a lot of athleticism and kind of some cool, different-looking kicks. Like, I remember specifically he had one up kick that looked really different. Um, but I wasn't really impressed by anything else in this. And I thought, like, for a final match of a tournament, as small a tournament as it was, I thought it was kind of disappointing. And I don't really I think see... think familia
1: should have been there. But I find it weird because I guess now they're... I guess they're going off um, with Brazier Fraser and right? Gallus is going after Dar. It looks
0: that way. But I don't see Carter and Smith as a legitimate threat to Mustache Mountain at this point. And I think this, I don't know, might have been my least favorite match of this little tournament that we got. I don't know. What did you think of it? I wasn't impressed.
1: I thought it was fine. Honestly, I, was, I wasn't i was paying attention because it wasn't super interesting. Like, honestly, I'm not huge on either team. So I think Smith and Carter are pretty solid, but massive and Stars don't really mattered to me, and the, the dissension was kind of random, and then also just, like, there wasn't a lot of interesting action. I think they, there's just, like, also lack of heat for this, because it's a very small it tournament was. and two Bayface teams. I think Familia should have definitely gotten in there. I think that would have been much better but i think i think it's okay just not and i just as don't good c- as previous weeks and i just didn't really care i
0: don't care about mastiff and stars enough to care if they're breaking up or not right which i think is what we were supposed yeah, to don't feel. they
1: literally say that they're not a team for long
0: right so i don't i didn't really enjoy this too much we then get we just see um davenport is backstage just kind of walking around lightly swinging a kendo stick i guess getting ready and then this seemed out of left field to me too a kid right is asked about um huxley and A-Kid says that Huxley is a madman, but that A-Kid is trying to teach him some etiquette. And then we go to this, like, really cheesy vignette where there's, like, he's teaching him um, table manners, how to play chess, Yeah. there's math, there's uh, classical music. It kind of... It's like Huxley's basically a Neanderthal, and A-Kid's trying to civilize him. I don't know. I... Which
1: A, random B, Y?
0: Yeah, I, didn't, I don't know where this came from, and it seems like a stark departure for A-Kid, right? Because... He hasn't,
1: After that match with Dar.
0: And he hasn't been portrayed, as far as I know, as any sort of comedy thing. So I have no problem with them trying to put a bit of attention on Huxley because I find him a little bit interesting. But this odd couple comedy stuff wouldn't be my first choice for this. It kind of felt out of place from... We haven't been regularly watching NXT UK for that long. But since we have, I thought this the tone of this kind of felt out of place to me. I don't know. What about you? As yeah, you take was- a bite of your acai bowl
1: yes it was really weird because it's a very stark departure like you said from the heritage cup match which was sick it was and i feel like it's kind of below a kid like i feel like i don't know just it it was really random and it's really kind of odd i don't feel like it it really has much to go it doesn't really have anywhere to go really it feels like they just that... didn't
0: have plans for a kid and they're like well let's do this then you know yeah,
1: huxley's not gonna do much anyways so we'll do this like i don't think it really matters
0: i thought it was weird this episode was weird for me mm-hmm. um we then get a recap video package of last week's really strong Dragonov devlin match with the empty arena and then we're back at the uk pc where nathan fraser is walking to his car He's asked by someone who's there. Um, they a do woman. a lot
1: of behind-the-camera yeah. interviews.
0: just someone walking That's along with thing. them with the camera, asking him about Familia, And he basically calls them weird. Does I think he says something about not doesn't really consider them a family. And he gets into his car, but it won't start. So he gets out and says, oh, this happens sometimes. But then Familia conveniently show up, attack Fraser, leave him lying.
1: <gasps> do you think they did it?
0: Possibly. And then Raja, right, gets into the camera and says this is what happens when you say they're not a family and you disrespect them. So I thought there it's funny they're carrying on the the unsafe parking lot trope that WWE oh. loves so much. It's contagious. They it's traveled are. over the ocean into the UK.
1: It's it's a it's the new pandemic.
0: So I thought like this further's the story. I guess it definitely doesn't it wasn't very creative or unique, but I guess it does its job cuz Nathan Fraser be mad at them now, I guess. Even madder <laughs> so it was something.
1: Yeah, them. Well, they're gonna need to work. The world's gonna need to put in some parking lot precautions. This is a new pandemic spreading television.
0: And they're even tampering with people's vehicles now. It's getting oh, worse. You're not just getting, getting attacked. It's
1: getting worse. You're getting your vehicular safety is being jeopardized. It is. Wow, that's yeah. And then so next week they advertised Tailman versus Fraser, which I think is just wrong could be a good match it though. be yeah but it should be Dempsey I think him versus Fraser you love the Dempsey yes Dempsey and
0: Noam Dar are your NXT UK boys yes yeah fair. um
1: yeah totally um I love like Dar. I think yeah Star was really cool um but and then Dempsey's just so interesting like I think Dempsey versus Fraser it's such a it's a very appealing styles clash where I think I think Tailman like he's different from Fraser too but I feel like there, <laughs> there's, there's not like, uh, like I feel like that will still be good, yep. but I just don't think there's much to that. Where as I'm actually like interested to see Dempsey versus Fraser. They may get to it. I right? wanna say they've done that before, but I don't know if they have.
0: Although it kind of feels like to me they're starting out with the main guy of the familia, right? Instead of working. You know their what way. I find
1: odd is I, I, I agree. I feel like Tailman is definitely the leader. I think so. But I found it weird that he and Raja are teaming, but Dempsey's not. Which, yeah, I find that weird, but I also think it makes sense because Dempsey's different from them, and he was
0: the last guy to join too, right? right? So yeah. I
1: mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, but yeah, I think it is kind of weird. Like so, again, start with Dempsey.
0: Right. uh We then move into the match in the middle. It's a women's match, basically enhancement, right? It's a Myla Grace taking on Isla Dawn. So Grace takes control early until Dawn lands a kick and a kick to her knee, and then a knee to the face and then grace actually gets another to
1: her knee and then a knee to her face right
0: that's exactly what it was uh the knee dropped her to her knees and then she kicked her in the face or kneed her in the face sorry um grace gets another a little bit of an extended flurry that ended with a tornado ddt eventually isla dawn fights back but take and hits her kick to the head and lands the swinging side slam i forget what it's called swinging side slam but she picks up the win here Really, just an enhancement match, and I, if I'm being honest, I wasn't really impressed with Myla Grace. Like, she kinda moves yeah, quickly, it was kind nothing, of moves quickly, but nothing looked very yeah, good. It was I didn't think
1: great squash, like, Jobber didn't look great. Dawn and she got a really... lot
0: of time considering it was enhancement. Like,
1: myla Dawn didn't really do anything, that she didn't do much either. So, no. I don't think this really accomplished anything, doesn't even set up anything for myla Dawn not a huge fan of her either i like Like, kyla dawn i just think there's nothing here
0: yeah i like dawn but i didn't i think grace looked like she needs some more seasoning and i just thought this was kind of there in the middle of the show you know what i mean um backstage amal is unhappy that jinny cheated uh in their match last week of course she'd be elated and then nina samuels just shows up out of nowhere acting as the interviewer here with her own microphone she basically calls amal hopeless and says only hopeless losers cheer for her. So of course Amal is mad and basically yeah, that, that's why I boo her. And basically wants to settle this thing. So it looks like we're gonna get a match. Um felt like a really abrupt transition, right? From Amal feuding with Ginny to now like immediately within fifteen seconds now has a match with Nina Samuels. Yeah. But...
1: So is this like just like a small detractor? Is like I don't is this like the main thing now? Like I uh, don't I don't know. I don't...
0: And Amal certainly gets a lot of TV time on a one-hour show, right? Every week, like she's on Jeez. every week a little bit, at least it yeah, seems. Yeah, man, like give me Which me is no, interesting. Give me
1: more Noam Dar, geez. Because I
0: think there's other people I would where, focus on, where, where, but where,
1: yeah, where's Noam Dar squash match? Come on.
0: I didn't think this was bad, but it wasn't amazing either.
1: So I play as Noam Dar on 2K now
0: nice uh sam gradwell speaks backstage oh he, come on he know he knows that he needs to ruffle feathers and that not everyone likes him
1: mm, feathers like on his head <laughs> yeah
0: he doesn't think kenny williams is ready to face what's on the other side of the door he's been scratching on i think is basically what he <laughs> knock said
1: knock on my door <laughs> so
0: i did you feel like he was this was babyface ish are they yeah. turning him i think yeah I th- it feels like it right i um, like
1: not heal at least right yeah i
0: agree um, and I don't know it was just a short simple promo to remind not us like a
1: lot to him but something I do kind of like about Kenny Williams Me too. for some reason he looks like I think uh, compared to any, he's hateable he, yeah I he, think I don't know he's just kind of interesting I think he's kind of cool and he looks a lot like Dar
0: and similar size too he's not yes. a very big dude mm-hmm. but yeah so I think it was just a reminder of like hey these guys have an angle together still so I guess it was <laughs> fine and we get Shaw Samuels He's backstage by the whiteboard that they have all the odds of everything because they're gamblers back there. Noam Dar shows up. He's celebrating that there will be uh, season two for the Supernova Sessions. Have you seen any of those? His like... Not...
1: Probably not. It, like it's bully? good. It's like his... Yeah, no, you said you liked I do like them you like them.
0: So then Gallus walk up and Joe Coffee wants to place a bet on himself to win the Heritage Cup, yes. which I like. Introducing yes. that idea. So, Dar, however, is basically kind of ignoring him because he's focused on his next Supernova session with the special Devlin. guest, Jordan Devlin, which yes, will be interesting. Because Dar does this thing where he's, like, try, at least he was. I don't know if he'll still He's trying to be kind of complimentary and nice, but he's insulting them at the same time, if you know what I mean. Um, so, I quite enjoy it. I could see him, it, like, but... maybe
1: actually complimenting Devlin, though, because they're, like, both heels. are kind of similar. So, yeah. then, like, it would be, like, they action, acting like, yeah like they're actually kind of getting along or something and
0: i know you're you seemed like you're looking forward to a dar coffee match oh, Joe coffee so good i think so too oh another God. style contrast that, yes right? that
1: would be awesome though i feel like coffee like he is different but he'd also lend himself probably well to yeah a heritage cup match i think i think that'd be really cool again i i think it would just be so perfect if they did like like heritage championship heritage cup tournament every year because yeah. then a that's that's like a landmark thing for them right that's like something they can do yep. every year and it'd be and, exclusive to them kind of thing. right and i also think like then like honestly i'm really surprised a guy like dempsey is not in that division just not because i think he's maybe in shit, he will like, be he's like i feel like he's more than anyone is made for that division like he's so like like he's just like that style right like he's just a technician yeah exactly like he he, he's like made for that style like i feel like if there was a tournament like i would i would stick him in there i'd stick a coffee like i feel like that would be really cool i
0: think they'll use the structure of the match well because i could see like coffee kind of just killing dar in some of the rounds but kind of being saved by the bell right and dar Mm -hmm. getting to regroup and stuff so i think that'll be a cool match this was a a brief little segment. I'm always amused by Noam Dar, and I think I also would like to see this match. So I thought this in a was... In
1: Supernova session.
0: Like this few second thing was one of the highlights on this show for me, to be yep. honest. We then go into the main event, which got quite a bit of time. We talked about the injury to Davenport, so it was nice that it happened a bit later in the match. It wasn't right away, at least. But it is Mako Satomura defending her championship against Blair Davenport in sort of a rematch. Uh, Davenport lost the first one, but then attacked Mako after. So this one is a Japanese street fight, which commentary tell us, what was it, Japanese-style weapons will be strewn around the ring or something like I that? I think it
1: was either Japanese-style or Japanese-themed. Right. I can tell you Which is not was, the case. There was only one Japanese-style weapon, which is a kind of stick, which A, Davenport brought, B, is in a standard every street, uh, street fight anyways, and C, there was nothing like, they didn't you know, have like the New Japan-style tables, they didn't... They, they could have put. They could use the new Japan turnbuckles again. Why didn't they, they use those? Yep. Like they could have used like the new Japan style chairs. They could have like had throwing stars. They could have had um, so a katana. They literally nothing like, about or this. at least like like Japanese looking like like some Japanese design or like just, have like a Japanese, Japanese flag and they can mm, use
0: the flagpole to beat each other. Right like, or like something. I
1: don't know. Like a flag design on the chair. Like I'm like I know that's like the bare minimum. But, but they like, did nothing. Anything. And
0: it's fine if you don't want to have it, but don't tell me that there's gonna be stuff, right? Yeah, and then don't there call isn't. it a Japanese street but fight, anyways. just call it a street fight. Right. Uh so Davenport does bring a kendo stick, but Mako immediately sort of kicks it away. Uh she Mako gets run into the ring post on the outside a little bit later, and Davenport grabs some chairs, a chain, and I think another kendo stick from under the ring, all exclusively Japanese items, obviously. Yep. Davenport um, seats Mako in a chair and then kicks her in the face, which actually looked pretty good. Then Mako takes a chair to the midsection and uh, sort of turns the tide at this point, grabs nunchucks from under the ring, um, and then she attacks Davenport in the midsection in the back with the nunchucks, hits the Saito suplex. Mako comes at Davenport with a chair as Davenport's in the corner, but Davenport kicks the chair into Mako's face and then follows up right away with a missile dropkick that also sends the chair into Mako's face. I thought that looked all right as well. They end up fighting on the floor some more. Mako takes over with some stiff kicks before wrapping a chain around her shin and kicking Davenport with it. I find, as she's like she's leaning against the steps. It's
1: interesting how she still kicks her really hard in the chest because, like, I feel like when guys kick each other in the chest, there's nothing there, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so, like, I you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I feel like, like I know someone Charlotte chops, she chops really high, yes. So, I'm surprised, like, she's like, she seems kicking like just like as stuff as Brian Danielson would, she you does. know what I mean? Like, yeah, so she kicks it's hard, kind of interesting.
0: Uh, then we get a I wonder
1: if she gets bruised. <laughs> sudden
0: kendo stick attack gives davenport the advantage here she gets a trash can we're back in the ring davenport uses uh, an actual like the metal turnbuckle that's she found somewhere she puts it on mako's fingers and sort of twists her fingers with weapons
1: it around the ring.
0: right and then we get a drop toe hold forces davenport to drop the turnbuckle we get a cross face applied by mako but davenport um Reaches a kendo stick and uses it on Mako. So then she's basically a cro- applying somewhat of a crossfade with the kendo stick. This was funny, right? Because Mako's crawling to the ropes, and you can even hear the referee saying that the ro- the ropes aren't going to break the hold in a street fight, right? But Davenport breaks yeah. the hold as though she's supposed to. So that, that was, was interesting.
1: Like she's breaking it as if she has to. And you
0: can hear the ref going like, "It does, you know." It doesn't count. There's no rope breaks or whatever she was saying, but it didn't matter because she broke the hold anyway. Just being nice, I guess. I don't <laughs> yeah,
1: know. Yeah, uh, consider it healed. There is such a thing, I think, right?
0: And then we get the spot where Davenport goes up top, goes for a double stomp onto Mako hanging off the apron, oh. and Davenport's ankle completely it's folds. It's not even on
1: the apron stomp. It's on like, when, when she, she comes lands down on to the floor. ground, which yep. I thought that's weirder to me.
0: And her ankle is done, and she is screaming and writhing in pain. Like, and Mako looks real. a little bit concerned as well. Um, and the referee have to stop the match, and they literally have to put her on a yeah. stretcher and get her out of there. So obviously, it wasn't the planned finish. I do feel really bad I for... I thought
1: her. she was like... I thought... Because I didn't know. I saw the result, but yeah. like, I thought it was like... This was like a planned thing. and then, No, oh no, boy. definitely not. If, if, I'm telling you, this is carrying over to the UK too. The ringside area cannot Dangerous. be trusted. It's, it's not safe.
0: They need to lower the ring so it's like a couple feet lower. So it's exactly. safe to fall from.
1: Or just like have like... And like the elimination chamber the ringside area is level with the ring right except there's just no elimination chamber exactly <laughs> that's the need honestly it's it's a safety hazard now
0: so i thought these two were having a good physical match before it had to be stopped and i hope davenport recovers quickly because honestly her feud with mako has elevated davenport for me like i i actually think she's pretty good and i was enjoying the match and it obviously could not continue so For what we got, I thought it was pretty good. I would have liked to see what they were going to do to finish it, but um, considering it was truncated, as they say, I thought it was pretty good. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think it was solid until the finish. Um, The incident? (laughs) The incident. Um, But yeah, I think uh, Mako had some cool bits with, like, I like the kicks were pretty stiff, and with the chain, that was kind of cool. The submission spot was kind of odd with the rope break, but I think generally it was a good match until they kind of had to abruptly end it. I mean... I don't know how long Davenport's out for. I can't imagine she's coming back soon. It doesn't look like anything so, that's gonna be quick, no. I'm not sure what happens to this feud now. Which yeah, and, is kind of a shame.
0: And they may have to shift on the fly and put someone else in that spot. I and I don't know who you see who, it would who be. you do put Ginny? Neither. That's all
1: I'm thinking of.
0: Could be, I guess, yeah.
1: Yeah, like I I don't know. Katie I don't know. Ray's gone. There's no one really on Mako's level. Like there's Mako
0: no... is the type of performer who can take a face or a heel too, so that I I feel yeah, like yeah. anyways cause... um
1: I don't know. I'm not thinking not because it's like I think mall has been being kind of built, but she's also like...
0: I don't think she's ready. Occupied. And yeah, not that, realistic right. as... Yeah.
1: No, yeah. She's not ready. She's not... Uh, she's kind of like occupied too. Ginny might be a thing. decent choice, actually. Right.
0: Uh, she impressed me in Ring, actually, more than I expected when we saw her. Uh, overall, I thought this was probably, a, a, positively, I guess, a a weak week, show the them. weakest yeah. episode that of UK that we've reviewed, right? Um, yeah, in
1: recent weeks
0: the opening tag match was disappointing the women's match in the middle was just enhancement that i wasn't really impressed by the enhancement talent and we got a weird segment from A. Kid and huxley basic stuff from fraser and Familia, amal and gradwell i think uh, i enjoyed the brief little dar segment but that was about it um the fact that it's only an hour means that i will probably never really dislike it too much because even as bad as it is it's over really quickly right so I was not impressed with this episode uh, after really enjoying the past few. So I gave it a C this week. Like, I like the main event and the Dar segment was fine, but everything else was just not really it kind of a miss for me.
1: Yeah, I think I'll agree with that, Greg, because honestly, like, none of the matches really hit for me. On- only really the Dar segment was yep. kind of enjoyable. So yeah, like, there's not like, I think the main event was solid, but it kind of abruptly ended, which isn't their fault, but it is what it is. Yeah, it happened. So, so yeah, you, you kind of have to judge it as such um i am looking forward to next week a little more with the Tao man match and yes. um supernova sessions agree so hopefully we we're back to better next week um but i'd still be watching nxt we'll,
0: which we'll talk about next so we will transition into the next segment where we talk about whatever else we watch this week that we call any other wrestling business So last week, I kind of almost enjoyed NXT 2.0, How which was refreshing. You. It was not bad, at least. But this week, there were uh, so many things on this show that were so bad or just ridiculous that I actually kind of got you to... Yeah. Forced is a strong word, but no, I
1: definitely... We'll, we'll go with that.
0: <laughs> I definitely got Jack to watch none of the matches, right? But some of the segments, I was just forced. like, I want you to have seen them when yeah. I talk no, about that's them.
1: that's good, because... We're not allowed to enjoy NXT in this household anymore, okay? You're forbidden from enjoying NXT currently. I did not enjoy this, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't... I was saying I almost want to watch it because it's really bad, but I don't think I can force myself to do that every week. I can just do
0: what we did this week where scrub through the stuff and just highlight the really bad stuff for you. I
1: don't even want to... It doesn't (laughs) deserve my watch.
0: So the show opens with the only good thing you're going to get this week, if, if I remember correctly, and that's Imperium taking on Diamond Mine. So I showed you even this. The crowd they are chanting. They still the
1: pajama singlets, right? Like the um, yeah, so I don't like Creed's those. Do,
0: yeah. uh, the crowd is chanting Walter right from the start to the point that commentary couldn't even ignore it, right, and have to remind us that, like, despite what the crowd says, his name is Gunther now. Right. Um. So I thought I that like, was funny.
1: Yeah, that, that was nice. Um, good for the crowd. I mean, the can't you can't pipe that in, right? Or You nope. can't pipe it out. I guess. Nope um and also i feel like like the creeds single it's like that's like if they make diamond mine pajamas it's gonna look just like that i don't like those ones and i like yeah.
0: i like the creeds but
1: that's that's i of like li- literally that's like what the pajamas would look like, like i have like the office ones it's just it's like a bunch of dunder mifflin dunder mifflin right. like the, the mug logo or whatever. repeated yes right so it's like <laughs> that's what the pajamas would
0: look like maybe um wendy chu could wear them join diamond mine and wear pajamas <gasps> So, the the early story of this is that Gunther takes out Roderick Strong with a boot. Walter, come on. With a boot. True. With a boot to the head as Diamond Mine are still sort of finishing their entrance in the ring. So, Roddy's out for a whole bunch of this match. And even when he returns, he's sort of often on selling um, this kick to the head
1: one boot really it is walter it is walter to be fair it
0: did look pretty good eichner as usual demonstrates his crazy power against brutus who's the larger of the creeds right he catches him out of midair at one point squats with him on his shoulders and then hits a one drop uh julius i like this move he gut wrench suplexes brutus And it turns into like a splash onto Eichner. So it actually looks like it creates a little more force. It's not just something to make it look cool. Like it looks like he's sort of driving him down. down, Yeah. yeah. Um, So the finish comes when Imperium take out Strong and Julius. uh, Sorry, Strong and Julius on the outside. Brutus runs over and takes out two of the Imperium, but then he gets back in the ring with Walter. Briefly escapes a sleeper hold applied by Walter, but gets hit with Walter's power bomb. An
1: Imperium bomb.
0: And the match is over in 12 minutes. I, I thought it the- was a good opener. The creeds continue to impress me in the ring, at least. I mean, we'll hear them speak a bit later where I'm definitely oh, less fun. impressed. But uh, I thought the crowd repeatedly chanting Walter was funny. Uh, definitely the right team won here. And the right man earned the pinfall, I think, because it's Walter. Um, an entertaining start to the show And it would turn out to be one of the only bright spots on this entire episode, to be honest. Mm -hmm. My only worry with the Creed's is because this company hates tag teams, right? Has zero respect for tag teams. So I don't see either of them as a single star at this point. Um,
1: Even though Julius Creed is the second coming Kerr Angle, okay? But but as a
0: tag team, they could be amazing. But I have zero zero confidence, right, that WWE will handle this well. Exactly. Like, they should be the new Steiners, basically, in my opinion. That's not um, a bad comparison. That's kind of how they're being presented right now, but um, I doubt that they'll be treated properly. That feels more apropos than Kurt Angle. I agree. We then get a recap of LA Knight earlier today, talking about how Grayson Waller is avoiding facing him, and Harlan and Joe Gacy walk up. Gacy says Harlan can relate, as Harlan also has had to move on from unfair restraining orders, and so he can help LA Knight do the same. Knight acts like for a second that he's going to go along with what they're saying before he in his like rock light way challenges Gacy and Harlan It
1: doesn't matter what you think to
0: head to the ring where Knight may um, pick up two more restraining orders he says after stomping their asses so I I actually didn't have a problem with this segment compared to pretty much everything else on the show I kind of enjoyed the implication that Harlan has had restraining orders against him I thought that was kind of funny knight's part was kept pretty short and he was a little less over the top than usual so i preferred that as well um i think i made you watch this toxic attraction are in the ring to speak after a commercial break <laughs> yeah
1: you probably did because they suck at everything
0: so Gigi addresses indy hartwell and persia parada saying even the most unworthy people fall into luck sometimes but well, that she, would
1: explain their existence, she, wouldn't it?
0: She prefers to think of it as their death sentence, and she is so not intimidating or menacing. I thought her lines it's were awful. It's like she's awful.
1: like trying to be like kind of like and just like it's like like the softly menacing or whatever you know what i mean it's i thought like it was awful right you know you know what i'm talking about yes. like she's kind of going quietly that. menacing yes Dismar. and then like she's just not hitting that at all
0: and then jc jane who is also also i thought brutal here says I think she's worse they're putting their titles on the line at vengeance day at least they gave each of these women like one and a half lines each because yeah, remember was that bad. one
1: from a while ago and they were all speaking a bunch it was yeah, so bad awful
0: so then mandy takes over she does a little better job uh, Kaylee Ray ends up coming out with the bat. Mandy tells Kaylee Ray to drop the bat and then she'll send uh, JC Jane and Dolan away. And Kaylee Ray, for some reason, agrees and gets in the ring. Uh, Kaylee Ray talks about being a champion of an entire continent for over 600 days. And Mandy thinks that's less impressive than her own ad campaigns, magazine covers, and Bikini World Championship. Kaylee Ray, which was my line of the night probably on this show, says that while Kaylee Ray was dominating in the ring, Mandy was slipping on the wet WrestleMania ramp and sucking Otis's face off, which I thought was pretty <laughs> That's awesome. So That's uh,
1: like uh, Brandi is getting in one good line. Like there's right. one line of this that was, was good. good.
0: <laughs> Mandy says that she's now the hottest thing in WWE and what they need as a champion. To be completely oh, really? transparent in the nicest way possible... All the talent in the world will never replace this. As she like points to her own body, basically saying like, "Yeah, you you're more talented than I am, but, but I'm, I'm hot. hot. Yeah, yeah, I'm hot. So than you. great, so smart. Which
1: is what matters. At least she's got her in a wrestling company involved. for yeah. sure."
0: Kaylee Ray says that she'll have her title match by the end of the night. And Mandy says it's doubtful before Kaylee Ray drops her with what I thought was a pretty nice looking slap to contrast Brandy Rhodes. Um, this one looked pretty good. <laughs> so Gigi and JC, Jane rush in, but Kaylee Ray grabs the bat and basically toxic attraction end up running away here. Um, so I thought Jane and Dolan were awful, even in like the one line they were given. Um, Mandy was kind of shaky at first, but then I thought she was fine for the rest nah, of it.
1: She sucks
0: kaylee ray was fine too her shot at mandy was the highlight of it right i think the the otis and mania line was the best i thought this could have been shorter but i don't think it was bad necessarily i was just showing you for how bad dolan and jane were i thought yeah um i just at this point had no idea how much more of this we were going to get right this was now a show long thread that we're going to be pulling at Mm -hmm. unfortunately so Mackenzie's backstage with cora jade asks about her match with Raquel Gonzalez. Jade says she wants to prove to Raquel that she's tough enough that and that together they can win the Dusty Classic. She might get her ass kicked against Gonzalez tonight, but she's going to prove that she can hang. Raquel comes in and says she can still back out, but Cora Jade does not want to." Um, Jade continues to me to be really awkward in her delivery on the mic and in the ring if I'm being honest, but the content of what she was saying was fine and basically it turns out that she's exactly foreshadowing right the line about like i might get my ass kicked but at least i can hang like that's uh, exactly what happens so
1: not, not even subtle it's
0: fine so toxic attraction are then leaving the building about to get into their suv when they're asked about kaylee ray getting Sub. a title match mandy rose still says no so the other two jane and dolan get into the vehicle vehicle as mandy continues to speak a little bit here and you can kind of immediately see where this is going the
1: parking lot is a dangerous place so are okay. we to,
0: are we to believe that the other two get in the vehicle and don't notice that somebody else is in the driver's seat
1: can they, is it like can they not see it in the front i guess i don't think or like, so. is it like a lim- it's like not a limo no it's just a normal suv right.
0: But anyways, Mandy says Kaylee Ray isn't on her level and doesn't deserve her, then goes to get into the car, but Kaylee Ray pulls down her hood. She's already in the driver's seat, so she drives off with Gigi and JC Jane there. And she says she'll be back for Mandy. So we've got kidnapping going on in the parking the lot at NXT. parking lot is a
1: dangerous place. People get hurt. Cars get damaged. Cars get hijacked. They do. People get stolen. People get stolen. It is not a safe place. It is a raging pandemic across the face of our televisions.
0: Uh, so I thought this was predictable once I saw the other two get in the car. But I still didn't hate it. Um Kaylee Ray's doing her best, right, to get leverage on Mandy because she wants that match. And we already know... NXT 2.0 has no authority so, figure I mean, this to is stop like the any best of
1: this. way to like I mean if we're going for from the perspective of no authority figure right this is the best way because like probably like, makes sense I mean sure no one's it's stupid gonna stop you. to like attack the champion get a title match but there's no authority figures there so you just have to like leverage the champion exactly
0: because Mandy's saying no so this is what she's gonna do uh, we then get Raquel Gonzalez taking on Cora Jade so Gonzalez controls things early including catching jade out of the air for a side slam and a suplex jade counters with a stunner at one point and then she gets some time in control to show that she can hang with gonzalez as promised because that's the basic story of this match the finish comes when jade hits a springboard rana and an enzigiri she then runs at gonzalez gets caught picked up and chingona bomb out of nowhere for three as gonzalez makes gonzalez look nice wins in um six minutes Oh, nice. So for us, we kind of miss a little bit of it near the end because I thought the feed was going out on the broadcast, mm-hmm. but it turns out, I think the best guess is that Gonzalez was having a wardrobe issue. Once
1: you point that out, what the camera work makes, lends yes, credence to that. as soon
0: as it was anything that was going to show the front of Raquel Gonzalez, the screen went blank, right? It was, just went black for us. And then so
1: they would like kind of camera behind her.
0: Right. Um, after the match, Raquel nearly leaves, but she comes back she now has some massive respect for Cora Jade's ability. She accepts Jade's offer she to join. She blasted the du- in the
1: ring for six minutes. So
0: that's it. She joins the Dusty Cup since Jade has impressed her with her competitiveness. Competitiveness. And I'm pretty hard on Cora Jade. I thought she looked better than usual here and there was no like actual major glaring mistakes. Um, It was only six minutes and I guess it accomplished its goal. So I can't complain too much. I don't think it was very good, but it was the best Cora Jade I've seen so far. We then get a replay, the exact same vignette of Saray's new schoolgirl character with her grandmother's necklace vignette. So this necklace is very important to her, and we're going to see it <laughs> makes her uh, some sort of uh, magical being, which is great. But Warrior of the sun. We're not quite ready for that yet. We then get a recap of Pete Dunne smashing Tony D'Angelo's hand with a cricket bat before... Because,
1: because he's British, that is the that's only right. reason
0: and Dunn cuts a promo. I actually really like this promo about how he took advice. There's a call back to Tony's cousin Tulio right who Tony had said to you he says to handle business by any means necessary. Um, and then Dunn goes on to say but don't get it twisted. he can do that with just about anything. He challenges Tony to a steel cage match to finish their feud the same way it started and then I thought it was funny because he's doing like the exaggerated Italian hand gestures. Um, like D'Angelo does and then he kind of has a face like that's really stupid and he kind of stops I thought was funny. I thought it was a really good promo done showing more and more personality as he's doing these promos. Uh, I do like that he specifically called back to D'Angelo's promo and used those words against him right so um, and mocking the hand gestures at the end was funny too and I mean I hate D'Angelo's character I can't tell you how much I hate it but I have enjoyed a couple of his matches right so this could be another good match between these two who knows um i did make you watch the entrance for this this was saray versus kayla inlay who i don't know who that is i don't remember if she's been on before but her facial expressions were ridiculously over the top but anyways so saray's entrance is the only thing i want to show here um she is shown backstage right and she's dressed as a schoolgirl. And then the camera's behind her and she's walking into a really bright light. And then as she emerges out the other side of the light, the camera's now on the other she's side. She's now got weird hair and she's, she's in She's in her wrestling gear now. And oh my heading... god,
1: it reminds me of, do you remember um the, the Fiend's Mania entrance last year? Yes, where like, walked the through the tunnel. He and was, was like burned and, then, burned. and then he was like, exactly. yeah, it's like that.
0: Same tunnel, they borrowed it. Oh. <laughs> so I guess the necklace makes her supernatural, which is always my favorite gimmick, so I love a that.
1: Supernatural and a possessable object, that's cool. Because like, then someone could steal it and then they have a mask. For it. They would never do that, not on the show, never. right?
0: Well, there's authority figures to stop. Oh, wait, no, there is nobody. <laughs> right, none. Saray, double stomp, missile drop kick, northern light, suplex for the win in three and a half minutes. Um, Inlay did get some stuff in there and she looked okay, but I found her uh facial expressions really distracting. She was just like needs to dial them back considerably. Duke Hudson Vignette, where he's clipping his own hair now. I guess that's symbolic of something. And talking about how his only addiction now i guess because he realized he sucks at poker is causing pain he took an opportunity by attacking chen and it wasn't about him he's done playing games and he makes his own luck so on one hand i'm happy that hudson has ditched the poker player gimmick because it was awful and but there this one's very generic right it's just like i'm heel that wants to hurt people is what he's doing um and I think he has potential. The awful poker player character wasn't his fault. I'm sure. I don't think he pitched that I idea to loved anyone. It. Um, it was terrible. So credit to NXT at least for recognizing that that gimmick was a complete dead end and pulling the plug. I mean, they've replaced it with something super generic for now, but it's better than what it was at least. So Braun Breaker's backstage in the locker room when Tomasa Champa walks up. Breaker says he appreciates the help from Champa, but is curious as to why he offered the help. Champa says that the mountaintop is lonely place, and you don't understand that until you're there. Breaker says that he respects that, and Champa says that he wants to make sure that Breaker stays NXT champion. Um, So Breaker, again, the word I use for him on the mic every week is passable. Like, I don't think he's bad, but he's not very good either. He's okay. Um, He definitely has room to improve there. I guess the story is that Champa wants to beat Braun for the title since Braun took the title from him, right? Um, so he's going to do his best to make sure that Braun stays champion until he gets that chance. It doesn't seem like Braun quite understood that theory. Like, he's confused as, why do you want me to be champion? Which doesn't make Braun look very smart, but I could be reading too much into it as well.
1: I also don't really get why. Like, I mean, <laughs> if anything wouldn't it be better to beat escobar for the title in theory and also this ty- this tag match isn't for the right title.
0: wouldn't you be better off as tomaso champa to let braun breaker get killed by two guys in a match where he and can't lose the, the title by escobar but i guess champa's the baby face and wants him at his strongest i don't know
1: right but like if i'm i'd rather face escobar right like i don't yes. know
0: but you're not a fighting baby face like tomaso champa i guess <laughs> So Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams come to the ring. I think I got you to watch this because I... Because was...
1: uh, Trick Williams sucks, but...
0: So Williams asks if Cameron Grimes thinks he's ready for the A champion and says he's better off playing poker. Mello says the old hymn would verbally put Grimes in the grave, but it's important for him to explain why. While the fans may not see Grimes as a threat, he does. He says that why he's he, he's going harder in the gym and the ring... And this is the standard that sets the bar. I felt like, I don't know, I usually love Mello on the mic, but the first part of this, I thought he was not on his game or he was reading stuff that other people had written for him or something. Uh, Anyways, it brings out Cameron Grimes. He doesn't think the crowd is chanting a champ. They're chanting to the moon. He's right, they are. Um, Williams says some stuff really quickly, ends by calling Grimes slimy grimes interrupts him saying that he ain't slimy he's, he's grimy. grimy and if they want to poke fun uh, what about mellow's hairdo who's wearing a hat by the way he says mellow looks like spongebob's house which would make trick squidward because we're eight years old and,
1: squidward's house actually
0: um so William says more stuff really really quickly here insulting grimes and ending with grimes not really being about it about it Grimes asks which man he's fighting since William seems to be talking so much here. Mello says that in 2 weeks at Vengeance Day Grimes will find will find out and then each man says some awkward line about stars that I thought was awful and Grimes ends with his to the moon catchphrase. So I love Grimes. Um I really like Mello. He's probably my favorite of the new crop altogether, but I didn't like this segment at all. I thought like the SpongeBob and Squidward stuff was juvenile. Um Melo seemed a bit off his game in the beginning. Like again, it was written for him and wasn't how he would actually say things. And then just add in trick talking way too fast, and I just don't get the point of him. I don't find that he's adding anything to Carmelo's presentation. I don't know, you watch this. I it was a miss for me. Did you like this segment at all? Nope. All right. Turk
1: Williams is awful.
0: So we then get uh Idris Anofi and Malik Blade, they're backstage talking about uh. needing a tag team name. Which I agree with. Uh, I I feel like they're going to be a tag team for a while, so they may as well have a name. They start out by saying they're bold, brave, and confident. So they are team BB. Nope. (laughs) So we're getting those kind of jokes already. We're getting Spongebob stuff. and BBC. So Anafe brings up Mandy Rose, and he tells Malik Blade to close his eyes. Imagine what he would say to Mandy if she were there, because they want to ask her about what they should name their team. So Blade does, and he starts, uh, as he starts to say how he would ask Mandy, oh. she actually bursts through the door and falls literally into his lap. Kaylee Ray comes in, attacks Mandy's strong word, because she kind of just pulls her jacket. This kind of makes Kaylee Ray look dumb. She's carrying this bat around, right? And she doesn't ever She's hit her with it. With
1: her, I guess? I, I... I
0: don't know. So um, both women run out of the room, and Nafe says that they should probably get up and help, but Malik uh is holding something on his lap and says that he needs a minute so we're getting boner jokes now on this show my god so again more just super juvenile stuff that kind of was cringeworthy for me we're not very far into the show we've had supernatural transformation spongebob insults multiple dick jokes um is this edgy Uh, you're the demographic they want
1: yes it's the edgiest thing i've seen so is this edgy
0: and attracting you 14 year old yes so you're definitely all in now on nxt Uh
1: huh. yep and i watched it this week too because yes
0: i can't see this working i don't know who this is for i don't know who's writing this but it's bad so Mackenzie is then asking diamond mine about their struggle with imperium and biven says they'll prove themselves when they win the dusty classic The Creeds say basically the same thing. They get one line each, I think it was, before the Grizzled Young Veterans come in to sort of make fun of them. They say Bivens is just making their job easier by picking fights, and we will see them next week. Bivens calls the Grizzled Young Veterans nerds as they leave. So this was short, standard, big contrast between the promo skills of the Creeds and the Grizzled Young Veterans for sure. Um, At this point, the Creeds don't sound good at all, I don't think, but again, it's why they have Bivens with them, right? That's the smart play there. I'm interested in the match and I'm really happy. Remember the when you were still watching NXT, the gimmick they were doing with the Grizzled Young Veterans? yeah, Like they were stealing food from their Uber drivers and like it was just so stupid. It seems that they've dropped that as well, which I'm very happy about. Yep. We then get LA Knight taking on Joe Gacy, who has Harland with him, obviously. So it goes back and forth for a while before a body slam by Knight, a leaping elbow drop. He goes for a stunner, but Gacy ends up sending Knight to the floor harlan distracts the ref as Wait, do
1: you mean stunner or blunt first trauma
0: i don't know i think it was a stunner but i don't know he didn't execute it so we'll never know <laughs> harlan distracts the ref as sanga who is waller's new giant bodyguard that a-
1: just feels like a stereotypical like just one word name he, yeah like probably. it's like i feel like it just to fit with the ethnicity and then it's like it's like sanga omas yes. do drop
0: <laughs> he approaches la night on the outside and then Waller, out of nowhere, he leaps over the guardrail, like does like a, a sort of a front roll right into... I don't into... know
1: why he always has to do the, do the roll into the well, stunner. Well, this one, it
0: made sense because he jumped over the guardrail. Yeah, but I know that's also
1: because that's part of the move, yes. which I do not understand. The cutter looked good.
0: Um, stunner. So Knight barely beats the 10 count but immediately gets hit by Gacy's handspring clothesline when he does get back in the ring and Gacy picks up the win here in just over 4 minutes. 4 a- minutes, wow. After the match Waller berates LA Knight and says he owns NXT and Knight doesn't belong here. So Knight goes to attack but Sangha grabs him and hits a decent looking choke slam. I mean it's just a choke slam but it looked pretty and good.
1: He's a big guy so by That's the what they law do. he yeah. has to hit a choke slam
0: or a power bomb those are your options.
1: Or a Punjabi plunge.
0: Right. Uh, Waller says that Knight faces Sangin next week and maybe he'll get rid of the restraining order if he can win. Why Why would you agree to that? Why, he, no you one, get a restraining order against no the guy. No one
1: suggested him. Wait, he got a restraining order against him but then came in to attack him?
0: Right, and then is saying, I'll get rid of it if you can beat my henchman.
1: Even, even though Knight didn't suggest that?
0: Right. No, it's his idea. Right. Makes total sense. Yep. Anyways, this was obviously way more about the story than the match. The Waller-Knight feud continues. And I did notice one thing, a, th- a small detail. I thought Waller did really well, was after his um, attack, he stayed kind of crouching really low, like he was ready to defend himself, which made Sangha look even bigger. You know what I mean? Like Waller found a way to realistically keep himself a little bit shorter, which made the other guy look even bigger because he is pretty massive. Um, again, I don't know why offering to get rid of the restraining order makes sense if Waller wants the Especially restraining if it's order. Not like a, Being why would anyone. you agree he that? Offered it.
1: B why would you suggest that? Yeah,
0: I don't know. um So Wendy Chu's walking around backstage, and she's facing Amari Miller next. And I know you saw this—the Robert Stone promo. He's with Von Wagner. I did not like it. He says he was on the entertainment side for too long, which I completely agree. Like being just a ridiculous. I don't character. think he's
1: helping that by going with Von Wagner, but.
0: But then he saw Wagner destroying people, so he paid Wagner's fines and will continue to do so because Wagner is the future and then uh, Wag- no he's not wagner informs us in a beautifully delivered line that this is von wagner's world and we're living in it right
1: that is the least true thing i've ever heard in my entire <laughs> he's life so bad he is so bad he's i stone spoke fine because i saw this on uh, yeah he his does. Instagram, he's good actually yep. right but i still hated it because everything he said is factually wrong this is not if this is von wagner's world i would kill myself because i'm Easy. not living in von wagner's world that's ridiculous fr- and yes, Bob Wagner said one line. And it was bad, and he still sucks at it. He he doesn't look like a monster. He doesn't wrestle. He's good. wearing a suit now. He, he doesn't. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's right. to show. He's, he's brutal. All he's he's suit, up now. Yeah. He doesn't look like a killer. He doesn't wrestle like a good wrestler. He doesn't talk like a good wrestler. He doesn't do anything like someone who's good at something. He's not good at anything in this. He's I would suggest bad.
0: that somebody cuts a promo on this show later. That is. As bad, if not worse, than Von Wagner.
1: I don't know how you get worse than Von Wagner. And you saw it, so you'll know it when we get there. What was We'll get there. All right. I don't know how you get worse than you Von Wagner. Been, though you may
0: have been traumatized and blocked it out. Earlier <laughs> today, Tiffany Stratton offered to take Amari Miller shopping if she would take out Wendy Chu in their match today. Oh, so Wendy Chu's
1: a threat now. <laughs>
0: Amari doesn't seem to really be on board, but I think we're left with the idea that she's thinking about it at least. Right? And then... No,
1: because then it doesn't. After the match, she does have the credit card, right? So, yes. Or she did.
0: Yes, so it is Amari Miller versus Wendy Chu. Uh, Chu has a new entrance and a Tron, and it's awful, right?
1: Oh my god, it was so funny.
0: It was like um, l- like lullaby kind of music, and like... I and
1: then there's like an alarm clock.
0: Yeah, it was awful. Um, so in the beginning of this match, as they're actually wrestling, Wendy Chu grabs Amari's leg and tries to use it as a pillow. Uh, which I thought was ridiculous. She does do some cool stuff along the way. We get the release German suplex, a handstand splash, and I think there was another, maybe a Saito or something, or Exploder along the way that looked pretty good. Miller hits a code breaker. Tiffany Stratton comes down to the ring, slides Miller the credit card.
1: Oh, there it is. Okay. But that
0: allows Wendy Chu to roll her up but only gets a two count then she hits the most devastating finisher i have ever seen right a running double sledge what? yeah oh, like she right, can hit so... awesome looking suplexes and stuff and, and you're she, giving her she
1: runs essentially what what's a running Polish hammer or whatever it's yeah,
0: called. yeah it's awful uh so she picks up the win in three and a half minutes after the match stratton wants the credit card back from amari miller since she couldn't win but miller doesn't have it somehow in the exchange wendy chu has it um how did
1: stratton not take it back as soon as um, miller lost
0: because somehow chew i think the idea was that Chu got it as she was delivering the pinfall or something but anyways stratton is super angry Chu is smiling on the ramp with the credit card um
1: which they'll wrestle for next week this was it's awful. A stolen possession
0: this was more about the story than the match and it just so happens the story and the characters involved are terrible this was a big waste of time and it's too bad because Wendy Chu has some potential. Like, she can clearly wrestle a little bit. But this wrestling in pajamas and stuff, I, I don't know, man. its And she did, I don't think I mentioned it. She did one elbow drop where she makes, like, the, like, you know, the, the sleeping sort of gesture where like you have the, your hands beside your face. Yeah, like the GTS taunt. But then she falls into, like, an elbow drop, of course.
1: Oh, that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah um persia parada is backstage with indy hartwell and it looks like persia is looking at duke hudson's instagram or social media of some kind and indy tells persia that hudson is likely trouble uh persia asks dexter and loomis gives a thumbs down but persia thinks that hudson's abs are a thumbs up because appearance is all that matters right romance romance um so we get Jensen. Who, this is the promo oh, I love so much.
1: Right. Oh, is this so the right? Jensen
0: comes in and is sort of seeking relationship of advice mind. here. Indy tells him that non-verbal communication is sexy. She looks at Dexter, who obviously says nothing, and then says that they need to go hit the hot tub. Uh, Jensen awkwardly is saying, oh, that's the hot tub look, which I don't know what that means even. Persia says that she's into someone else, and Briggs says that he is too even if they're just friends right now. And he did say a little bit more than this, and it was super awkward was and awful.
1: I don't think anything gets worse than Von Wagner, but this is really bad. I
0: thought Jensen's just as bad here. It was painful. like I think consistently Wagner. They the threw three romance stories into one here, right? And Index, I can't Persia. stand any of them.
1: Oh, my... that's They did do that.
0: They tripled up on romance in wow, one story. That's... And again, younger demographic and that they want. And there's
1: still more, too, because there's still the Blade and yes. Rose and... It is is the electrolipus thing done
0: uh yes seems okay, to be good is this appealing to you younger demographic
1: absolutely as i did watch this by my own devices and so, i loved it
0: so this was another waste of a segment um we then get a video for draco anthony so i don't know if you remember this i don't know if it's when you were still watching or not but we got a vignette for him like a month ago or more where he was in a coffee shop and it was like kind of a dark vignette. I thought
1: that was an offe. Eh?
0: No, that was Draco. So now he is like, his big thing is he just grinds. He works, 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 works he's harder been than on everybody else to get
1: onto a five live a lot.
0: And he's a former military guy, and he just works harder which than is everybody. Why he wears
1: camo pants, which is his. That's his defining thing right there.
0: And it's something about when your day starts, he's already done a ton of stuff or whatever, which makes me laugh because if his whole gimmick <laughs> is how hard he works, then the match doesn't really isn't consistent with that story but we'll get there we then get a vignette for this is something else that made me laugh um nikita Lyons, remember this
1: i've seen her on. remember (laughs) i showed you she has like really bad ring gear
0: she is the daughter of a musician a bassist i think it was weird gold and a roadie
1: thing or whatever remember it was like really bad
0: um so she's writing she's writing lyrics in a notebook as she talks about growing up on the road and being influenced by shady promoters and musicians all of her experiences have led her to this point. And then we get to hear her sing or rap. I guess it's R&B. I don't know whatever it is. Um, She says she's part of the NXT women's division now. And if she attacks the ring like she attacks the track, meaning the music, I guess. The no, women, I think she's track field. The women better watch out for her roar. Um, Here's me nitpicking and being... Oh, it was like, so bad. She's supposed to be this professional musician and she's singing into a Blue Yeti, right? Like the standard, like basic mic all streamers Uh and whatever anyways yeah because everyone notices i laughed at this it was the oh my god it was it was the opposite of like the realistic sincere backstories that i like this felt like it was completely yeah
1: and like if we're going off music it's the opposite of hit row
0: and there's a chance that this is some of her actual background i don't know but it's just
1: mirrors like hit row feel a long time ago and that's
0: funny you say that because you consider how a similar gimmick and it's in my notes was executed so well by hit row right this just by comparison feels awful man that feels so long ago because this is the same kind of idea right but this one was laughable and felt completely contrived whereas hit row felt legit
1: was the best it doesn't even feel like they lasted long but it feels so long ago now it's sad
0: So that was just another brutal segment. Mackenzie is now congratulating Saray, who dedicates the win to her grandmother. She says she can do anything with her necklace. And Dakota Kai, of course, shows up laughing, saying she can tell the necklace is important to Saray, but as a warrior of the sun, she must know that no matter how important a relationship is, the sun always sets on it. So it's more of this Dakota Kai is determined that nobody could ever like anybody, like no relationship will ever work out. But she's just kind of drifting around the roster, complaining about it's a this, drifter. right? So yeah. So I I guess this is gonna set up a is match. Is she still
1: doing like the psychotic thing? Yeah, it will.
0: A little bit, but it's kind of toned down. But yes, basically she is still. And I mean, I feel like she's got to lose that match, right? They're not gonna have Seray lose.
1: Yeah, because she can do anything with her necklace. That's
0: correct, unless Dakota steals it or something. I guess I don't know.
1: And then they have a ma- another match for it. <laughs>
0: I don't see the Seray gimmick gaining any traction either. But I. So could maybe be she
1: wrong. does lose then
0: i don't know andre chase takes on draco anthony so remember nobody works harder than draco anthony no so one then trains he has harder to
1: beat someone who, like andre chase who's not very high up the card right
0: not high up the card he's jobber to the stars man he is the yeah. guy everybody beats right that's true um so we get really basic stuff by anthony early on so you
1: think it's like an nxt debut win for him right? you would
0: assume right belly to belly and a bow and arrow by anthony but chase eventually escapes we get a really stupid spot. I think they screwed this up because uh, Draco grabs the chase you flag from Bodie Hayward. Is that his yep. name? So he's at ringside, but clearly something's supposed to happen because Draco like backs right up to the ropes in front of Bodie and is stepping on the flag. So I feel like Bodie was supposed to grab it back and hit him with it or something, but he doesn't. Um, so the positioning was awkward, but nothing really happens. Bodie just ends up grabbing the flag back. And then Chase hits a hammerlock flatliner that I kind of liked. Oh, that's kind of cool. He picks up the win in four and a half minutes. So so
1: you lost to Andre Chase in right. four minutes.
0: After you get a vignette about how you outwork everybody, you can't beat one of the biggest jobbers oh on this God. program. Oh, my
1: God. Outwork everyone? <laughs> Christian? Exactly. Oh, my God. So I
0: guess bad. Andre Chase gets a win to put on his resume because he's positioned at this point to never beat anyone of consequence. What do you
1: mean? He's positioned, he's positioned the same as Von Wagner.
0: And Anthony is big and fit, but I thought this was a pretty generic debut. And again, after the vignette, it doesn't really seem to connect. And he's been
1: losing on 205 Live a bunch, I think. Or winning on 205 Live. Doesn't really matter on 205 Live. Who, Chase or Anthony? Uh, Draco Anthony. Good
0: for him. Uh, So Mandy, still running from Kaylee Ray, ends up in catering where a full sheet cake just happens to be sitting on the counter. And
1: like spaghetti or something? So
0: Kaylee Ray pops up from behind the counter. So
1: she kind of fails at almost
0: they, yeah the large she chucks this large bowl of spaghetti kind of all over Rose it doesn't quite she connect as like well doesn't as they really want connect
1: and then she kind of has to like fix that up a bit
0: but are we to believe that even though Mandy is running from Kaylee Ray Kaylee Ray was there first waiting for her or did her?
1: she sneak in behind uh, I guess it's maybe like I guess that's possible realistic
0: and then obviously the cake yeah. also gets thrown into Rose's face and doesn't connect quite cake as well as wrestling they want. always has to be
1: has to be like that yes
0: um. Kay- Kaylee Ray demands... Sorry, Rose demands to know why Kaylee Ray is doing this and Kaylee Ray responds by she saying... She
1: actually have to answer that, qu- that, like Ro- yeah, that like, question. You
0: know what I want is basically what Kaylee Ray says. Um, so now add to the list of childish things. We get a food fight as well and again Kaylee Ray walks around with a bat but doesn't use the bat. Instead she's throwing spaghetti and cake on people. Instead of just... Whacking this girl right. in the shins or something and saying "Give me a, <laughs> give me a title shot." No,
1: yeah, no, because that, that's actually that's super painful. Like to bashing your shins, just yeah, just hit her in the shin like five know. times and then get boom it. you're good
0: or like, even threaten her with it corner and threaten her with it yeah, until honest- she says yes i hate
1: getting like bashing my shins like, like yeah do that actually that's actually a good idea
0: but anyways we go to the main event which that's actually is
1: a smart idea sorry
0: legato del fantasma which is wild and mendoza in this case taken on champa and breaker
1: is electrolope is still with them
0: she what wa- uh, i think she came it with them yeah Yeah, remember she chose Escobar in them.
1: Yeah, I know, but I mean, like, is she still like out there? I'm pretty sure she was. I haven't seen her in the things.
0: So along the way, Champa and Breaker hit stereo delayed vertical suplexes. Uh, Breaker then sends Wild to the floor, and when he follows, he rolls Wild back into the ring. Escobar gets involved, runs Breaker into the ring steps. Legato have control of Breaker for a while, including that repeated like quick tag corner clothesline spot or whatever it is that I don't enjoy. Champa eventually makes the hot tag, runs over Lagado with corner splashes and clotheslines as he tends to do. Champa later uh, pops Wild up for Breaker to catch him and deliver a power bomb. Escobar provides another distraction. Mendoza hits a missile drop kick and a sweet—I guess it's a phoenix splash—is that the 450 where you're facing out of the ring?
1: That is correct.
0: It honestly looked effortless for Mendoza. It looked really nice. Uh, the finish then comes when Breaker knocks Wild off of the top, who crashes through the announce table. Breaker hits Mendoza obviously with the Gorilla Press Power Slam for the win in 11 Which and is, a half I minutes.
1: I mean if I'm going to rip on House of Black, Breaker's minister is not very good either. Gorilla Press Power Slam. It's just a power slam. Well, then again. at some
0: point you're not going to be able to do that to somebody, you know exactly, what I mean? Like, like Odyssey Jones, go ahead. Senga maybe? Yeah, right. Like, um, maybe he yeah. can, but I'd be surprised. Right. I thought this match was solid. It wasn't great. The outcome was obviously expected and I just it's annoying i don't know why it still annoys me that wild and mendoza never seem to rise above their current spot right it's just like you're good but you're you're gonna win at one
1: point i would have thought of them as quality tag title challengers right, right? like
0: but now it's like you're gonna win when the opponents suck and you're always gonna lose if they're any consequence
1: because, because they're with escobar they're gonna be escobars foot soldiers fodder opponents right. for whoever it is
0: but they do provide entertaining matches generally um And again, I don't know how this fits with Champa's story of making sure Breaker holds onto the belt because it wasn't at risk here. Um, And I guess. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm struggling with, even though I didn't watch it.
0: And I think what I forgot to put on the end here is that basically we end up with Kaylee Ray chasing Mandy Rose into the ring and ending up. Mandy Rose does give her the match, but I think it's next week. I don't even think it's at the Valentine's. What is it? Vengeance? Vengeance Day. I think it's actually on NXT next week. I
1: check because they would have said so. And I think that's
0: how the show ended. I forgot to make notes on it, but quickly, yes, Mandy Rose was like, okay, fine, you can have your match and it'll be next week, I think. Um, That
1: is correct. It is next week. Yeah.
0: So despite having a really good opener and I would say a solid main event, this show just had so much garbage in between it um the show long story of toxic attraction kaylee ray kind of had its ups and downs right like i get what they were trying to do but kaylee ray again why are you carrying around a bat and then throwing spaghetti and like it just i don't know it doesn't <laughs> that make would be, sense that me. would
1: be like staying walking around with the bat but then he just throws a banana cream pie exactly the acclaimed
0: uh pete dunn had a strong promo but then we also got things like saray's entrance the nikita lion segment von wagner the whole jensen interacting segment the wendy chu tiffany stratton stuff um a well below average i thought interaction with hayes and grimes a huge step back for an and blade who i thought i was kind of enjoying but their segment was silly today as well um so I, at the end of any the day
1: dusty cop this week or no
0: no end of the day i laughed at this episode but for all the wrong reasons right that's not why they want me to laugh i can't imagine a group of people agreeing that many of these creative decisions are good ideas right it's always that thing where we're like somebody had to come up with this idea and a bunch of other people had to go yep that's gold And they had to execute it right um so i enjoyed last week's episode and it was hopeful that maybe they'd like turned a corner and figured some things out but this week proves they have not this is a d show um, the only thing worth watching is the opening match. The only reason it doesn't fail is because the opener was good and the main right. event was acceptable, but a bad, bad show.
1: And for next week, so yeah, there's Kaylee Ray Mandy for the NXT Women's Style. and then an equally important women's mm. match: Wendy Chu versus Tiffany Stratton for Grap. It says here Tiffany WWE and the Realist Wendy. That's just the Instagram handles Grapple over Daddy's credit card. Oh my God! And then Dusty Cup, uh, MSK. Um, and versus BBC, right? <laughs> and Creed's uh GYV, and then Saray Dakota, ellie Knight Sangha
0: could be some okay matches on there, yeah. And maybe it'll be more match heavy because this show was more like stupid segment heavy, so maybe mm-hmm. they'll go to more in ring yeah, stuff. And which I saw a thing would be for nice. um
1: NXT Vengeance Day. Wait, hold on. So it says it's February 15th. Is that a
0: yeah, it's right around Valentine's Day.
1: Is that a Wednesday though? I don't know, or I would oh, assume so. I mean, Tuesday, sorry. Oh, so it's a TV special.
0: Yeah, so it might be entertaining.
1: No, because I thought, because NXT Vengeance Day, right, I thought it was going to be like War Games, because Vengeance Day was a takeover last year, It's just a TV special. Really? Okay, so, yeah, because I thought thought that was weird, because I know, like, they're not using takeover names anymore, right? But they did War Games as a premium live event, right? Yeah. So I thought they would be doing that Vengeance, because I thought they would keep, they are using all the old NXT um event names right right and then i thought this one would still be a takeover so that's kind of interesting
0: yeah it might be okay um what else i watched impact last night only three things i wanted to say i did end up enjoying i told you the grace jordan grace matt cardona match even though i was annoyed for a while because i was telling you he was doing the whole like doesn't want to hit a woman and hesitates to execute moves and kind of regrets it when he does hit a move and it was annoying me because um it's Jordan Grace. First of all, she's a beast. You don't have to worry about hurting her. She could kill most of the men that are wrestling, in my opinion. And I just, I it was getting to the point where I was becoming annoyed with that story they were telling because Matthew Raywalt's on commentary and he's bringing it up. Oh, you know, he's never been in an intergender match before and he doesn't quite want to, whatever. But anyways, it ended up working really well to me because he ended up uh, distracting the ref with the belt, and as the ref went to go put the belt out of the ring, he hit Jordan Grace in the face with a chair, so I thought that was a cool little twist. I uh, ended up liking it. I think, I can't believe I'm saying this, I think I might enjoy the Honor No More group. I've You're just,
1: telling me about the logo. I'm trying to find it, but I can't find it.
0: I'm, the logo's cool. I think the name is cool, and I've just, my criticism before was like, it's a bunch of mid-card guys, right? But I think that's okay because... It's Impact. Impact has stuff going on at the top of the card with Moose and Morrissey and all that stuff, right? So... Maybe Alexander. They also added Kenny King this week. And normally I'm not a Kenny King fan because I feel like he's been the exact same character for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. But this felt a little bit different, a little bit more of an edge. And he kind of explained their motivation where... um, They were kind of working in the honorable place and thought that they would be rewarded for that. And then basically they were just all released, right? So now they're like, there is no honor in wrestling. So we're going to go where we want to go and cause crap, which I thought was was reasonable. So it kind of helped. I, I, I might be into it a little bit, especially... If King's the mouthpiece and we can get kind of Bennett to say less, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other note I had is Masha Masha Slamovich won in a squash match. She is awesome. And her finisher, the Russian death device, looked sick. It's like a kind of a jumping driver. I can't really explain it, but she is cool. So anyways, mm-hmm. and do you have anything for any other wrestling um, business?
1: Because we didn't last week, but I'll look at that. Because we have the year end awards for the PWI. Yep. We do. Mm-hmm.
0: We get the magazine.
1: Uh-huh. Um. So first one was Rookie of the Year, which is Cargill. That's kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. And I'm ve- the runners up are really not good. There, we, there's Braun Breaker as runner up. Then second runner up is Bad Bunny, and third runner up. You ready for this? Yep. Brock Anderson.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: Fan voted too.
0: R- well, so obviously.
1: That's that's fun. Uh, most improved was Britt Baker. Uh, with runner-up being Bobby Lashley, uh, Trevor mm-hmm. Murdoch, and Deonna Purrazzo. I think that's generally pretty good.
0: I don't know how much Purrazzo improved. She's always awesome. No, but I mean, anyways.
1: like, I guess from WWE run. Yeah, that's true. Because she didn't really get much. She did not. And 2021 was, I mean, I know she was also in 2020, but I think most of her stuff was 2021. Right? Yeah, so. she had a huge year. Uh, comeback of the year, you want to take a wild guess who that is?
0: Uh, that would be Chick Magnet Punk. Yes, Correct.
1: Yeah. Runners up are Sting, Christian Cage, and Becky Lynch. So that's largely disgusting for me. <laughs> yep. Um, but I think that's that's kind of an obvious one. Inspirational rest of the year, gross, edge. All he did was... Because he's old and he came back. All he did was inspire me not to grow a beard.
0: What? How is he inspirational? Because he's old? Come, or he had a neck injury? But he'd then. already... Came, I don't know. He'd already had the match. What is the greatest match of all time or whatever? greatest wrestling match ever. Right.
1: Yeah. Um. But then the runners up... I'm surprised Bianca Belair is a runner up how is she not more she's way more inspirational i would suggest or, or to a
0: whole group of young girls Biggie probably as the
1: next runner-up also makes sense and yep. then mickey james for some reason sure but i think belair would make more sense edge has only inspired me to not grow beard and also not be named edge um most popular rest of the year cm punk mm. i think there's merit
0: i who else who's the runner-up
1: uh hangman and then Biggie, and then Bianca Belair.
0: I guess. I guess
1: because like it's been like super intense like I mean he has really popular. You wouldn't so. say Moxley? Mm, I I'm surprised he's not in there. Um some of the vote getters who did not capture runner up spot, Brian Danielson, Jungle Boy, Adam Cole, Randy Orton interesting no moxley wow i guess yeah, I, i'm surprised moxley's not in there at all actually yeah, i didn't even think of about that, that
0: well and how much of the year did punk actually i guess they might not consider uh, that if fans are voting august, they just vote. okay least. so half a year almost yeah not quite third, I know it was third of all year.
1: out and all out's early September, so august for sure right um uh, most hated mjf of course with Easy. runner up runners up uh roman reigns kenny omega baron corbin all makes sense um People Except always... they hate
0: Corbin for different reason, I think, right? Yes. Like not no, because he's a heel, just because they hate him. Because
1: Corbin sucks. Right. Yeah. No, you're supposed to hate the rest of them. Feud of the year. Oof. Chris Jericho versus MJF. Mm, no. I'm sorry. What? Not for me. Um. Huh? And then runner up is Banks Belair. Fair enough, I guess. Yeah. Uh. Baker Rosa. Fair. Edge versus Roman Reigns. No. No. Um. And so some of the ones that did not get a spot. Uh. Cole O'Reilly. Omega versus Impact Wrestling. Edge Rollins, Cardona, GCW. Where's Dang, man Omega? Where? Yeah. Where is that? How is that? Not anywhere here. Like, that dude is sick. Um, Independent Wrestler of the Year, Nick Gage. Then Runners-Up, Patricia Dora, Tony Deppin, and Effie. I can't really comment much on this.
0: I've seen Adora and Deppin. I haven't seen any Effie yet. Mm. I've heard good things.
1: Yeah. Um, Match of the Year, Baker Rosa. Fair. Yep. Um, No problem with that. Runners up, Lucha Bros, Young Bucks, Cage Match, Belair Banks, Mania, Walter Ilya Dragunov. Uh, Runners, uh, the ones that did not get runner up are uh, Reigns, Edge Bryan from Mania, which I think is fair. I love that. Omega Danielson, yes. Omega Phoenix from New Year's Match. I forgot about that one. That one's pretty good. It was. Um, Edge Rollins, I think from Crown Jewel. No. Uh, And Okada versus Will Ospreay from Wrestle Kingdom. Where's Danielson Hangman? How is that not here, anywhere. Crazy. I'm confused These confuse me Some. It's not PWI's fault. It's just I'm... I, I really get confused voting. with the fans sometimes, yeah. right? Faction of the Year, Inner Circle, no. Hmm. Runners-Up, Elite, Bloodline, Bullet Club. It should have been the Elite.
0: Bullet Club, come on.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, and then the ones... The other ones don't get runner-ups, uh, there's not a lot. There's Her Business, Contra Unit, Donna Del Mondo, and uh, LFI. I mean, there's yeah. some pickings, I guess, right? Yep. For like Probably back into the tag team of the year you want to take a wild guess. Bucks. Yeah. And it's young bucks with runner ups being Lucha bros Uso's New Day. It's always that's gonna fair. be it's I feel like no matter what you do, you can't escape Bucks, Uso's New Day. And then you yep. usually get like one other team and Lucha Bros, I think is a good one. Um oh my god, one of the vote getters that didn't get a runner up spot, natalya and Tamina, really? And then RK Bro, Mysterio's FTR, MSK. I don't know. I think that's a pretty obvious one. Women of the year, Brew Baker, of course uh belair mickey james donna perrazzo runner-up mm-hmm. i think bullet mickey james inclusion is kind of odd for me i would have maybe put in sasha banks or i guess becky yeah like I, I don't see mickey james going in there or like raquel gonzalez maybe or who was champion before raquel gonzalez oh how am i why am i Io. no idea it was oh yeah that's right i did I forget that and then Wrestle the of the year is kenneth omega um with um um, then the runners-up are Reigns, Bianca Belair, and Big E. Nice. And, and just, uh, that's it.
0: Cool. I, yes. Some of them are weird, but most of them make I sense, confused, I think. get
1: confused with some, some of them sometimes. So, more so just, like, um, runners-up, at least, because usually yeah. the picks are pretty, other than Derek and Jeff, like, come
0: on. <laughs> well, it's just because it was so long, right, and high profile, I think.
1: I mean, so was Omega Hangman. I
0: know, but it was more subtle, I think, a little bit. Yeah, but but anyways, better. Alright, that's going to wrap up any other wrestling business. We'll move into our final segment where Jack's going to give us an update from the world of wrestling action figures in Figuring It Out with Jack.
1: Um, So I did see there were some packaging images for um, EW Unmatched 3, but I didn't really need to cover that because I think I've talked about it before. Other than that, now I think at least the Unmatched line, they're going to have, it says you get like, I think, three exclusive of the upper deck cards in oh the, nice the figures so yep. i don't know if it's like i'm wondering if it's like exclusive to the series or exclusive to each figure i don't know how it's going to work but that's kind of cool because i am yet to find any of those the cards i'll totally get some once i find I them. i haven't seen not that i've been out but i haven't seen them yeah, yeah no i haven't been out in a bit but just i think they've been out for a decent time and i'm i haven't seen it because I'll, I'll definitely get some I, I do i am interested in that Um, but so that's kind of cool. But, um, the other stuff I have is battle packs and basics, the two things I'm probably least interested in. Sweet. And figures. Um, there's the Showdown 2 Packs 9 lineup revealed no images yet. Um, I, I don't know. They need to go back to normal battle packs because they're just getting into the battle packs where they had the accessories and now they have these ones with the boring action stands and when it's lame and the basics suck still. (laughs) Um, you have John Cena versus The Rock, I think, from Mania 29, Bailey Sasha Banks from Hell in a Cell 2020 and Shane versus Ricochet from WrestleMania Backlash. Yes. Yeah. And Ricochet, I think that's when he was wearing, do you remember when he was wearing like black pants and the street gear for a while? Yes. That was really weird.
0: Didn't he steal someone's ring gear or something? He stole something someone had to get back. I forget. It was
1: at that, do you remember? What? It was at WrestleMania Backlash. Was, oh, was it? Uh, or I think so, I don't know. I she, do remember him wrestling in coat, like remember? street Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um and then basic 130. Um both of these are um pre are available for pre-order. Um there's Ada Styles and Omos from Mania thirty seven, giant gargano, they just describe it with the way gear, so I'm assuming it's the remember the navy blue and yellow look? I think they made an elite yep. of theory in that gear. And then John Cena, which that's standard and surprisingly Grand Meta League. Like, I think he's released, but that's kind of an odd choice. To... I heard
0: he just went somewhere. MLW, maybe? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. And
1: Gargano's gone, too. So I think that's kind of odd. Yeah. And then Chase Varian's Gargano and what they describe as a red and black year. I haven't seen it yet, but that's cool. Because, I mean, I'd rather an elite Gargano, of course, but it's Gargano. So that's cool.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. That's it? Indeed. Excellent. Well, that's going to bring us to a pretty lengthy episode, the end of episode 81. and Yeah. I don't think there's anything special coming up this week. We'll be back definitely next Saturday for episode 82 with a whole bunch more wrestling stuff to talk about. And I don't know. I think that's about it, right? I'm pretty sure. Sign it off. Mm -hmm. So we will see you next Saturday. And until then, take care.